0: KUFO, Portland.
1: Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now.
2: Uh, one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of October in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101, a UFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for uh, coming along. It is uh, Monday and welcome to Day 12. It's 503-228-4101 if you would like to join us today. 503-228-4101 or you can text at 520 520- 5-1, you can also email if you like, it's rick at rickemerson.com, rick at rickemerson.com, Sarah with an H at kufo.com, Tim at kufo.com, or uh, Greg Nibbler can be reached at nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R at kufo.com. Coming up later on today, here's the name I never get tired of saying, it's got a pleasing linguistic feel to it, Dr. Sanjay Gupta will be here at uh, 7 o'clock today. Former, uh, surgeon, attorney, uh, surgeon, attorney, attorney, surgeon general. I'm trying to, the nominee for, because it's the, the plural of, uh, of, uh, surgeon general, surgeons
3: general, right? Surgeon general. But the,
2: but the plural of that is surgeons general, like attorneys general. That's a confusing generals? thing. In any event. Uh, former, uh, former surgeon general nominee, Dr. Sanjay Gupta from CNN will be with us, uh, at seven o'clock. We'll also talk to Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. Uh, She will be here at the 720, and uh, living icon Ron Jeremy will uh, join us as well. It's 503-228-4101. We also have a a, uh, pass for two to see paranormal activity, and a pair of tickets to Fright Town as well. Plus, uh, your final chance to win tickets to see Slipknot and the Deftones are here this week. It's 503-228-4101-503. Two two eight four one zero oh, one. So that is uh, all coming up. We are joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon. Hello, how are you doing?
4: Good morning. Oh, I'm all right. I'm a little tired and a little cold. It was freezing on my bike this morning. Oh, but I was numb by the time I got here, so that was okay. So, do you
2: have any uh, sort of timeline for when you'll have like an actual car to be coming no. to work?
4: No, because I don't because my friend's doing it. He's helping me out, and I don't want to, you know, ask him. Work faster for I know, free. I'm just like, hey, you're doing this for really cheap. Do it faster.
2: <laughs> so you're obliged to just be riding your uh, motorbike while yes. it's four degrees outside. That
4: yeah, was fine. I, I was wearing like three jackets today, so it's okay. Awesome. But I had, yeah, it was my birthday weekend. I had a really, really fantastic birthday. It was fun, and then actually, I had such a fantastic birthday. Actually, that I stayed in on Saturday night for the first time, and I don't even remember how long.
2: Is this because your Friday was well? Because on Saturday we had the Juliet Lewis uh, thing, so Friday night was your birthday, and then Saturday we all uh, kind of gathered over at the the Rock One Hundred One Lounge for Juliet Lewis to do this sort of private acoustic thing, uh, you know, for some listeners and you know the staff, and then she performed on Saturday, but you but you stayed in.
4: Yeah, I was going to go to her show, and I was just too tired. I ended up falling asleep watching a movie on the floor of my living room at like ten o'clock because i'm crazy awesome excellent <laughs> yeah but i uh, i've been watching juliette lewis movies so I, I bought natural Born killers you and loaded up i did and then uh... last night i only got to about the first twenty minutes or so before i went to bed but uh, i watched california
2: california is an awesome which film which is so
4: awesome but i'm just like i'm too tired for this because this movie seems like it's gonna be like the greatest movie ever i'm like so i am i need to give this my full attention i'm gonna finish it tomorrow
2: it's great it's one of her first truly creepy roles I mean, uh, you know, because she was in Cape Fear. And then I think California came out before or after Natural Born Killers.
4: She looks a lot younger.
2: Uh, a I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think. I think California, which is the movie she did with Brad Pitt and David Duchovny, I think that came out of like maybe 95, 96. So I think it would have been a year or two after Natural Born Killers. 93, so it would have been the year before. But she was on a real, uh, she did a real streak of, uh, you know, kind of crazy chick films. Anyway. All right. Uh, let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley.
0: Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
3: Good morning, everyone. It is 5.05. It's going to be cloudy today. Highs near 60. The river rat is going up the river. The FBI said the guy responsible for as many as 18 armed robberies has been arrested near Puyallup. That's where he lived. 32-year-old Alexi Perez Hernandez, officially known as the River Rat, has been arrested without incident. Although he lived in Bonnie Lake, Washington, he favored knocking off banks in northeast Portland and Vancouver. Not enough is being done to protect lady prisoners at Coffee Creek. And criticism comes after three former prison workers are convicted of sexually abusing the inmates. A massive rock slide and landslide is redirecting a river in Washington State. Lots of landslides along State Route 410 into the Natchez River over the weekend, forcing the river to find a new course and causing flooding in the sparsely populated valley of the eastern slopes of the the Cascade Range. No injuries reported this happened 10 miles west of Natchez. Apparently that's next to the old Flying H Ranch. It's a ranch for troubled boys. The uh, slab was like a knife that cut through a hill and moved everything. So somebody who lives next to there, the highway runs west of Yakima across the Cascades at the old Chinook Pass. Are you aware what I'm talking about? Mm.
2: Are you asking me if I know where the old Chinook Pass is? <laughs> yes. Really, the answer to that is no. I have it's no old, idea it's where it's the old anything is or where the old pass for it's it is. It's next to the
3: ranch for troubled boys. All
2: I know about the pass is that that's where you head the guy off, you know, in every Western film. So if you're Randolph Scott, the pass is where you're headed. That's pretty much the extent of my past knowledge.
3: A hiker who survived a grizzly bear attack 10 years ago died when he fell off a hillside. This happened near Lake Wenatchee. The body of George Teddy T.J. Langley Jr. was found by searchers off the Clark Trail near Little Giant Peak. He was hiking a rocky terrain about 8,600 feet and fell about 300 feet. He left for a hiking trip Tuesday night, never returned. The family reported him missing. Thursday morning, more than 40 people spent all day Saturday searching for the 42-year-old. He is an experienced backcountry hiker. Helicopters are also brought in to assist in that search. Police in the Kansas College town of Lawrence say they've arrested a 21-year-old man who stole an ambulance to get home after a night of drinking. The sergeant there said the ambulance crew parked it early Sunday while responding to a medical emergency in an area filled with bars and specialty stores. The man was intoxicated and believed he had no other way home, so he stole an ambulance. He led police on a brief, low-speed chase. The man was arrested on charges of theft of an ambulance, as well as driving under the influence. Well, Michael Jackson's kids are in the news. They're heading a fundraiser to raise money for dogs. The elder boy, Prince, and his sister, Paris, are working on raising $2,000 for a puppy named Scooby-Roo. You see, this puppy has no front legs. The website FuzzyRescue.org said the dog was born without front legs and was unfortunately found underneath a broken down car in a gang infested neighborhood. Since he's just a puppy, he's going to be need to fit it, uh, be fitted with multiple carts for his front. What kind and of story is this? Michael Jackson's children are raising money for a dog with no front legs. That's correct, yes.
2: I mean, not that it's not a worthwhile cause at all, but this is a little
3: random. Well, they're very moved after seeing the uh, story about Puppy Roo on the news. They decided to help raise money needed to help the six-month-old dog. Hey, is this the sort of thing that's going to be happening all the time now
2: that Michael Jackson is yes. around to keep them out of the news? Yes. Because I mean, you can't really imagine this happening
3: six or eight
2: They'll months ago, right? Help people change
3: flat tires in the middle of the desert.
2: I'm
5: just saying, it's like save people
3: from tidal waves and tsunamis. Like
2: we never heard one thing from them for the first like ten years that they were on Planet Earth, and now they're uh, you know they're raising money to get a dog bionic legs or something. Uh, I did see a thing this morning. Well, two things. One, a we've got uh, the new Michael Jackson single, which apparently is leaked out, and I don't know if it was the single that was supposed to accompany. I don't know what the deal with this new Michael Jackson song is. If he was going to be performing it at those shows in London? Yes, apparently so. And it was then, I guess, also going to be part of whatever this accompanying film was. So we've got a bit of the new Michael Jackson uh, single that will play later on today. And then I guess the court has just ruled that his mom doesn't inherit the estate. I guess the estate only goes to her because there's all this question about like where is you know where is all of his all of, all of his assets going to go? And I guess they're going to go to the mom, Catherine, just as long as she's got custody of the kids, or as long as she's sort of alive as their guardian. And then once she passes away, it'll all go directly to the kids. It's not going to go to any sort of intermediate or third party. So they
3: finally made some decision that about that. That's fair.
2: And I think the LAPD is saying that this is. That some sources said that this is the week that they think they're going to bust the Dr. Conrad Murray guy or whatever. Mm. So it. Uh,
3: but so, you know, Mother Jackson's going to live forever. I mean, all these years putting up with a dad. She'll, outlive it. She'll live to be 150.
2: Just out of spite. Uh-huh. All right. Here's
3: Tim Riley. Well, on the heels of David Letterman's revelations about his uh, dalliances with his female staff members comes news of another late-night funny man mixed up in a little funny business with pleasure of his own. ABC's late-night guy, Jimmy Kimmel, is reportedly involved with a member of his staff. Kimmel has been dating longtime Jimmy Kimmel live staffer Molly McNary for several months now. Kimmel famously dated comedian Sarah Silverman for four years before parting ways for a a second time earlier this year. A rep for Kimmel confirmed that the 41-year-old comedian Anne McNeary are an item. He told People Magazine after Jimmy and Sarah broke up, Molly and Jimmy both found themselves single and they clicked. They're really very happy now.
2: Molly and Jimmy sound like the two leads in every 1950s public service film that you would see. Molly and Jimmy have been told not to talk to strangers.
3: Uh, two Quincy, Massachusetts residents lost their cool while dining at McDonald's. Uh, Christina Gallipo and Eugene Jackson were arrested for assaulting employees at the restaurant. The incident began when the pair received a small order of fries instead of a large. Gallipo confronted an employee about the mistake and wound up throwing her change in the woman's face. Jackson followed suit by tossing a two-foot-tall plastic cone at another two employees. The furious fast food customers threw a second comb at another employee in the parking lot before eventually speeding off. Both were arrested and they have been returned to their home. Jackson has been charged with two counts of assault and battery with a dangerous weapon and giving false information to an officer. The other is for assault and battery and assault with battery with a dangerous weapon, French fries. Uh, on the
2: way, we have a, scene, a radio correspondent, James Rube, coming up later on this morning. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will be here. We'll talk about the uh, weekend box office. Dr. Sanjay Gupta will join us at uh, 7 o'clock. And living legend Ron Jeremy, ladies and gentlemen. Plus your shot at a pair of tickets to see Paranormal Activity. And your final shot at Slipknot and Deftones tickets. Uh, they are going to be here, I believe, uh, tomorrow. The Rick Emerson Show. Stay there.
1: Rick Emerson Show. On Rock 101 KUFO. <laughs> The Rick Emerson
2: Show returns. And I have magic genitals.
1: On Rock 101
5: KUFO. It's the Rick
2: Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Monday morning and good morning to you. It's 503 228 4101-503-228-4101. 4101-503-228-4101. Coming up later on this morning, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, as well as uh, porn legend Ron Jeremy. we have also got a copy of the book, The Simpsons, an uncensored, unauthorized history uh, that I actually got a chance to look through this weekend, which is awesome, so we'll be giving that away at some point. And your final chance to win a pair of tickets to Slipknot and the Deftones, which is tomorrow, ladies, and uh, gentle folk. Let's see. what else is coming up? We will reveal which member of the Rick Emerson Show extended family has been stricken with swine flu it's 503-228-4101 you can also text if you like it 52051 any guesses anybody it
3: it's is not david. david family
2: it is not david walker well in other words it's nobody who's who's he. It's, you know, it's none of the four of us i should say to allay everyone's fears it is no one um it is no one who works in this studio now or at another time in the day in other words, it's not like Cord or Bobby or somebody. Is so, it someone
4: who we have on as a recurring guest?
2: Um, yes, it is someone who, uh, it is someone who I would say is, uh, it could be called regular. Can we guess now? Uh, if you would like. I won't reveal it quite yet, but I, and I will say for the record, it's not, it is not David Walker. David Walker did have the swine flu earlier this year, so he is the first. This person is the second member of the Rick Emerson show Extended Family to be stricken with the, uh, the porcine plague. Don Taylor. Is that your guess? Mm hmm. Tim? I would say Don Taylor. <laughs> Don't take any offense at that, Don. We're not saying you're a filthy person who's covered in germs and sores. Greg? Siegfried. Siegfried. Good guess. That is a good guess. All right. We'll reveal uh, later on uh, which uh, which person we are discussing. It's 503-228-4101. Jim Rupert, at 540. Greg Nibbler's at Ball Talk at 6 o'clock. This is your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live
0: from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim
3: Riley. Good morning. It's 521. It's going to be cloudy today. High temperatures near 60. Portland police searching for a scumbag who sexually assaulted a woman after she got off a train at bus in Southwest Friday night. He followed her. She crossed the street near Southwest Capital Highway in Southwest Sunset. The bus's closed circuit camera got a picture of him, though. Cigarettes. It'll blame for a Vancouver fire that left five adults and a child homeless over the weekend. The building had a smoke detector, but it did not work. One of the world's most famous skating rinks reopens to the public today. New York City's Rockefeller Center skating rink resumes operations this morning and will stay open till early April. Some 250,000 skate at the famed facility every season. It opened back in 1936. Since the ring is opening on Columbus Day, anyone with the name Columbus will get it half price. How many people named Columbus can there possibly be in New York? Um, I don't know. In fact, I was trying to think if I knew anybody. The only
2: person I know is film director Chris Columbus. That's it. So he might be there. The extent of that.
3: Today is some sort of holiday that nobody has off, and has been long forgotten.
2: My mom
4: does.
3: There's the. Well, does
2: your mom? Well, she's a teacher, teacher, right? Yeah. Yeah, So uh, your mom does. My my wife does not. Although that's because she works kind of a weird uh, rotating shift. But I think if you work at like if you work for the government or if you work, are there banks closed today? Yes. All right. So, you know, basically anything you would need an actual crucial service is probably closed. Other than that, everything continues to be open. My wife did uh, uh, did uh know today that when she gets off work, she and a friend of hers, because Christopher Columbus was, uh, you know, Columbus doesn't sound like an Italian name. What is up with that?
6: Christopher Columbus
2: is presumably Italian, right? Does Columbus yeah. sound like an Italian name to you? Shouldn't it end with a vowel? It should. Shouldn't it be Columbusy? Th- there's something, you know, like with an I at the Columbus-y. end of it? Doesn't make any sense. Um, but she noted that because Christopher Columbus is an Italian, they're going to be celebrating uh, his, uh, quote, discovery, end quote, of the new world. They're just going to go out and drink. They're going to go, uh, they're going to have Italian. I knew that was going to
6: be the end of that. That's, That's it. I mean, they're just
2: going to get Italian, and then they're going to sit and get swacked on wine. So uh, that really is uh, just any opportunity to abuse oneself with alcohol.
7: Here's Tim Riley.
3: Sometimes credit isn't given when it's due. Nearly a third of employees taking part in a new office team survey say... A co-worker has stolen their idea and receive a recognition for their efforts. In addition, most of the time, the thief gets away with it. Only 26% note they've told other people that an idea earning praise was something they came up with. Just 13% say they tell their manager the true origins of the stolen concept. 13% also note they'll confront the thief about what the person has done. About 51% admit they've stolen an idea. Wait a minute. Now I'm back on the uh, I'm back on the Columbus thing though.
2: But wasn't his trip funded by Spain? Yes, Queen Isabella. Okay, so yeah. so wait a minute. So it was funded by Spain, but he himself was Italian? How did that work out? Was that a thing where like he just couldn't get was that like he couldn't Is this like how Michael Moore has to go and get all his films funded by the BBC because America won't give him any money to do anything? That could be.
4: Anybody? Or it looks like he was Spanish.
2: Well, how does Italy tie into this? Your mom is a teacher. You have no excuse. I, uh, I,
5: I, I have no idea. Greg was Italian, but I think he was Italian. But uh, yeah, he couldn't get funding anywhere else, so the Spanish funded him. Somebody, uh, He we're was having... born in Genoa. Everyone,
2: every, just for a second, uh, hey, Greg, can you say something else there? I think we're getting a yes.
3: Little...
5: Am I coming through on? This? We're getting a little static there. There's, oh, a, I think your
2: pot is a little dirty or something over there. Okay.
5: All right. So he, so Christopher
2: Columbus was born in in Genoa, which is in Italy. Mm-hmm. So he was not Spanish. Apparently. No. But then he was obliged to go to Spain to seek funding because he... You well, know they had all the
3: money back in those I guess days. it was yeah,
2: and I guess the, the trip wasn't going to search for itself.
3: I mean, the Spanish were taking over the world back then. All right. So, well,
6: there
2: you go. So, uh, blah, 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 blah.
3: You know, I guess just celebrate with the food and alcohol of your of your choosing, apparently. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, so, uh, the anniversary of Columbus's 1492 landing in America is observed always October 12th. Also in Spain and uh, in some places in Latin America. Meanwhile, police in Nassau County, New York, say a dad who picked up his son from high school was so drunk that cops were afraid he'd hurt himself during a field sobriety test. According to reports, the man admitted to having a couple of Hennessy's before driving to the high school to pick up the kid. (laughs) That's awesome. He was arrested after school employees spotted him driving on the sidewalk in front of the school with the son in the passenger seat. The uh, 47-year-old was released on bond on charges of DWI, aggressive driving while intoxicated and child endangerment. So uh, he's uh, discussing the uh, incident with his son and has apologized. Was, the, was that his description, that he had had, quote, a couple of Hennessys? That's correct, yes. All right.
2: Uh, this email says, about swine flu, I suspect it's Peter Carlin, says the email, because, you oh. know, he has karma coming for that heart full of hate and all. I didn't even think of Peter Carlin. <clears throat> Later on this morning, he so will, uh, we will reveal about whom we are speaking. Here's, Here's Tim Riley. That.
3: California Institute of Pennsylvania Students... What kind of a name is this? Oh, this is from California, Pennsylvania. This is like trying to
2: figure out the attorney's general, the surgeon's general thing. <laughs> this really thing. is. By the way, I clarified during the break, the plural of surgeon, the plural, if you have more than one surgeon general, it is in and fact. you can't. It is in fact surgeon's general. That's a good question, but you, can, you can't have more than one. So no. why would that? E- why would there even exist a rule for that?
3: I don't know. It's hmm. foolish. Well, and a waste of everyone's time. <laughs>
2: it's no sense. I'll quit <laughs> discussing it now.
3: So there's a place in Pennsylvania called California. And they have a university. Therefore, it's called California University of Pennsylvania. Is this like how Baja California is in Mexico? Yes. Okay. So, California University of Pennsylvania students in unusual. <laughs> <their> <laughs> Why is this so funny? I'm, just, I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> I try to to snort right into the mic like that, but sometimes it just can't be helped. I'm, I'm sorry, Tim. Where? Do this with a straight face. This is. Do they have a Pennsylvania University of California?
8: I don't really well, know.
3: They do have. A, they do have a University of Phoenix at born. <laughs>
8: So this is the
2: this is a a university in Pennsylvania called California University.
3: Why is it called California University? Because it's, it's a, in California, Pennsylvania.
2: So there is okay. So now it, it makes more sense than it did. So this is like how there's a Paris, Texas. There's a California, Pennsylvania. And this is the first time we've
3: heard of it. it just, this That's is, why it's so funny.
2: It just seems silly. Like they they couldn't have run out of names.
3: I mean, there's no reason to be doing that.
2: Mm-hmm. It seems like you ought to try to use all the existing words before you begin duplicating yourself.
3: Okay. So, students at this university have received an unusual health alert. University of California of Pennsylvania students uh, have fallen ill after smoking marijuana laced with gymsum weed. According to health administrators, symptoms include incoherent speech, rapid heartbeat, and intense hallucinations. Anyone who experiences these symptoms is told to call 911. Are you sure that the members of the Rick Emerson Showcast and crew haven't been dosed with gymsum weed this morning? I don't think so. We're not members of the student body of the California University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm just impressed that you can manage to get that uh, that whole
2: uh, uh, set of words out correctly every time. Well, the trick is not to care. Well, I've mastered that long ago. Isn't Jimsonweed weed that thing that Marty Robbins always used to sing about? Was the, 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 There's some country song. That's the only place I know Jimsonweed weed from.
4: I've never heard that word. There
2: was Jimson- I only heard him sing about El Paso. Nah, that's and the white sport coat and the uh, pink carnation. There's some uh, country song. It's like a Hank a Hank Williams Senior song or something where he talks about the talks about the, the roaming the prairie where the mighty Jimson weed grows, which I guess is sort of like a.
3: I always assumed it was just like a cactus, but I think it's some sort of weird hallucinogenic mescaline type uh, type plant. Here's has got to be a good conversation for our friends next door. Maybe they know.
8: Go ask a
2: couple of folks what they know about hallucinogenic
3: plants in the desert. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pope Benedict has named some brand new saints because we're running out of them. Uh, the new saints are Dominican friar Francisco Colgaturt, who preached in Spain in the 1800s. Then another Spaniard. We're talking a lot about Spanish people today. Probably because it's Columbus Day. Then the the other new uh, saint is Raphael Anais Baron, who was a Trappist monk. Then we have a French woman, a French saint. She's named, uh, Her name is Jean Juggan, also known as Marie de Leclerc. She is Satan for her work with the poor and elderly, but she died in 1879. And uh, one more, Siegmund Polinski, who was the Archbishop of uh, Poland when he rebelled against Russia in 1863. Then he was sent to Siberia. And I he ha- died. I hate, to, the end. I hate to
2: keep returning to this issue, but if Christopher Columbus is Italian, why did you say earlier, why did the story say that they were celebrating Columbus Day in Spain, but not presumably in Italy? Yeah.
3: Or do we know the answer to that? It doesn't mention Italy at all.
2: All right. Well, this is very purple. This is—is is this one of those things that that, that cannot be known? Uh, that we're just gonna? Oh, no, it
4: will be known. We will figure we're, it out. We're
2: just sit and work ourselves into some sort of weird, ignorant circle about this. Alright, it's 503-228-4101. Coming up later on in the program, we will talk to uh, CNN radio correspondent James Roop. We've also got Dr. Sanjay Gupta coming up later on this morning at 7 o'clock. Uh, porn legend Ron Jeremy and your shot at winning a pair of tickets to see Slipknot and the Deftones will be here tomorrow night. You stay there. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland.
0: Rick Emerson Show. On Rock 101. KUFO. Rick
1: Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101. KUFO.
2: It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 and KUFO. It is Monday morning. Good morning to you. 503-228-4101 is the telephone number. 503-228-4101. If you would like to text, you can do that as well. It's 52051 coming up later on this morning. Dr. Sanjay Gupta from uh, CNN and uh, living legend Ron Jeremy will be joining us as well. Plus, your shot at winning a pair of tickets to Slipknot and the uh, Deftones. It's 503-228-4101. Were you just talking about Leif Erickson during the break?
4: Yeah, I had no idea that was the first person that found America.
2: Yeah, so we were uh, th- noting that Vikings never really Vikings are uh, sort of an overlooked uh, part of the uh, the human experience. So I think we ought to make a push to have like a Viking Day. Like I can sort of become the new Pirate Day because uh, it, because you know clowns became monkeys became ninjas became I think pirates and then off to the side there's sort of vampires and zombies. But I think uh, I think on the non supernatural tip. I think it's all about pirates right now. We should push for Vikings to be the next big thing.
4: I like Vikings. They're more barbaric than pirates, and they have funner weapons. So. That's
2: what I'm saying. And they, yeah, just yes, like uh, uh, wearing a thing with like a uh, hat with horns on horns? it.
4: Horns? Come on. Drinking from a flagon of mead. <laughs> uh,
2: Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines for you on this Monday morning.
3: Well, it's a busy day. Opera is being used to fight crimes in Seattle's toughest neighborhoods. The Mayans claim 2012 won't be the end of the world. And they do not give thumbs up to the upcoming movie of that same name. And video games are good for the brain.
2: It's 503-228-4101. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. And by the way, every time I go to say uh, Leif Erickson, the the, uh, the 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 Viking guy, I always have to stop and make sure that I don't say Leif Garrett. That's what everyone th- That's my <laughs> whole... Constantly. I mean, ever since I was... That's I've who
4: been... I was thinking it was. Like Leif Erickson. I was just thinking it <laughs> no. behind the music. The, the
2: Vikings do not sing the do-run-run. Run. No, uh, and then you're just picturing a guy the wearing like a uh, wearing a coat made out of a bearskin, skin, apologizing to some dude in a wheelchair for crippling him in a DUI. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, it's like in my head, I make the. Um there's a there's a conflation that happens there. Good morning, Jim Roop. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Am I the only one who does that, Leif Garrickson? That's Leif, what I was thinking. Leif, but with uh, the
6: bandana
4: around his head. Too.
2: Yeah, that's. I mean, it's, uh, the, the, I can barely draw a distinction between the two. That's because my uh, my brain is only so big. I can only hold so many pieces of information. Understood, sir. How was your uh,
7: weekend, my friend? It was all right. It was fine. Actually, half my house is sick. Be, be, uh, from uh, from flu, whatever it is, I don't know what it is. But oh, this bad. isn't the uh, this. Isn't... I was actually enjoying the quiet
2: over the weekend. This isn't the dreaded swine flu, is it? uh i don't know well wouldn't i mean that wouldn't have afflicted you anyway uh because you got yourself the uh, the spray or the the shot or whatever
7: well i haven't gotten it
2: yet oh i see so you're just so you're in line to get it you're scheduled to get it you have yeah, not gotten it yet
7: it. i will get it you know but i, I don't know i don't know that this is the swine flu i mean it's a flu you know but uh it's quiet in my house right now which is great
2: <laughs> except for the wheezing but uh you know oh, but that's I just
7: fine i close the door <laughs> oh. Jesus. <Jeez. laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> hey, the kids sound sick. Well, close
2: the door, honey. Close the door. He won't sound at all. That's like when the, uh, you know, when the grass in the front yard gets too long, you just uh, close the blinds. Problem yeah. solved. You're
7: going to say, you, you, you hungry, pal? Nope. Cool. Don't have to cook
2: anything either. This actually ties together with, with the, the, I know you're talking about this uh, medical marijuana thing today because, the, the first of all, I get the feeling that in, in Los Angeles, and it's much the same here, but Los Angeles is really, they're on the forefront of the, uh, the medical marijuana thing, that you could walk probably every 50 or 60 feet and come across some place that claims to be a medical marijuana dispensary. And I don't even know, like, do you have to get? does the state have to give you a, a license or something to do that?
7: You're supposed to be. There's an estimate somewhere between 600 and 800 of these medical marijuana dispensaries. And the DA says none of them are conducting business legally, that you're not allowed to make a profit at these dispensaries. You have to provide medical marijuana only for those who are chronically ill or seriously ill with a prescription from a doctor. But you know, he says these people are selling them all over the place. If we find one that, that is operating legally, then we will leave it alone. And, and he's putting these, pe- these uh, dispensaries on notice that they're going to be raiding soon. I think he actually favors them, because he's saying, we're coming Clean up your act so we can leave you alone. Uh, it, it's, it's quite interesting.
2: So this is like when he's giving them the sort of like sometime between Tuesday and Thursday. They're coming. We, which I guess is probably how you have to do it for the average guy who's running like a pot facility, right? You have to sort of be, you can't be vague. One has to uh, drive the point home
7: repeatedly there. Right, and another thing he's concerned about is eat, even if you buy a cookie at 7-Eleven, there's ingredients in there. It tells you how it's made. Right. But with medical marijuana, it's not. And, uh, you know, it, it's sprayed with pesticides and everything else. And, and he says, you know, what? we got to regulate this stuff. We have to put it through the same sort of scrutiny that everything else goes through. Label what what's in it, what was used to spray, keep bugs away, that kind of thing. So he's actually trying to do everyone a favor. Uh, but they're all up in arms about it. You know, a- he's he's got to walk that line between being, you know, the top cop in the county and, you know, a guy who's going, if you need it, take it.
2: And I can never really uh follow how all this works. And again, because, you know, the, the Oregon, because we have the,
7: sir, so we have medical,
2: I ask, like you've got cancer, but we have uh, the medical marijuana here, don't we?
4: I believe so, yeah. And
2: that's the thing. But I can never tell. And I ask because I, I can never tell what the law is. It's always so confusing. I can, it's sort of like, you know, in certain states with the gay marriage thing where you can never tell is it legal or not, or is it kind of legal, or is it legal but being challenged, or is it illegal but being challenged. So in California, some guy, let's say, he runs a medical marijuana facility. And let's say it's a, you know, he's, he's not just a, handing it out to everybody. Let's say he's asking for the prescription and he's not making a profit. He's doing that. So the guy who's actually running the medical marijuana shop, where does that guy get his pot?
7: that they don't know.
2: So it just magically so if you're some guy who's he obviously just obviously <laughs> cultivates it, he it... obviously
7: grows it he that the the um, the license to operate must include a license to cultivate. I you know um, we we can't really get any sort of fix on what does it come from? Does the government have a, obviously it doesn't because he's talking about pesticides and everything else being used in the cultivation of this cannabis so it's um, it's one of those things where he would rather say look let's let's tighten this up let's regulate it let's make sure number one it's being operated properly and number two no one's getting any bad buzz off of this thing.
2: So this is like if you had a, a like a store down the street that was selling Cuban cigars and you you know and you say, "Well, where do you get these?" I don't know. They yes. just appear. Would you like one? <laughs> yeah, but where are they from? I don't know. I come in, the cigars are here. I leave, the cigars are gone. I
7: it, This
2: is sort of it's sort of mystifying. I guess I never really put that together until just now that there's this whole like missing a series of events in this sequence from A to Z of making this stuff uh, available to the public. So when, so when the DA says, like, look, we're going to come in and crack down, is that just to keep the federal authorities from coming in and sort of kicking in the doors and, well, and, and think, ruining the I party?
7: Think, you know, we asked that question, too, last week at the news conference. It, you know, in being vague and you know how authorities are, um, I, think it's, it's, I think it's a way To keep the feds at bay, to warn the guys who are operating illegally to clean up their act, and everybody else to have all their ducks in a row, and just, you know, because there's a lot more going on out there than medical marijuana dispensaries, but there's so much pressure on uh, local law enforcement about these things because they're everywhere, and neighborhoods don't like them. Because, I mean, you know, it's there, I wouldn't mind one if it was in my neighborhood, (laughs) but many people, you know, you may bring, it brings in the wrong element. Well, maybe if you went in there once in a while, you would appreciate the people that are in there. <laughs> it's only a, uh, you know, it's a, sort of like it's it's only the wrong element until, uh, you know. Has, nobody lasts convenience stores until they realize the convenience of having one 20 minutes away. Or 20, <laughs> a, a, a two-minute walk from their front door. I think
2: I understand. I think I'm picking up what you're laying down, Jim. That's it's, all I'm saying. It is only the uh, wrong element until you open the doors of perception and free your mind. Thank you, my friend. All right. There you go. Awesome.
7: All right. Uh, Springfield playing in the background. What's wrong with that? That's, ex- that's what I'm talking about right
2: there. All right. On that note, sir, have a uh, fantastic and mellow day, won't you please? <laughs> you know, going
7: to go make some brownies. <laughs> it's
2: Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen. CNN radio correspondent and professional broadcaster, Jim Roop. awesome. All right. It's 503-228-4101. Oh, here's somebody who can uh, explain medical marijuana in Oregon. By the way. Uh, does anybody here know anybody who's got the actual physical paper uh, prescription for medical marijuana? I do not. I do, and it's hilarious. Uh, I'm not saying it's uh, it's not the you know uh, you know justified or whatever. Who am I? I'm not a doctor. Who am I to say? But I had a friend of mine, a guy I knew, who had a, the, the prescription for medical marijuana, and he like and he would just carry uh, you know the the weed around openly. He carried it in like a um, I don't know. It was like a, like one of those little like um, sort of tan orange kind of pill bottles. And uh, he would just keep it in his pocket. And I remember when them, like, he had it out in public, and he was like, I don't know, I guess he was checking to see how much he had left. And I was like, Bob, what are you doing? You, you got to put that away, man. And he's like, no, 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 I got a prescription. And just like this, he just pulled it out of his pocket. And you got the feeling he just kept it with him all the time. Oh, yeah. And I said, what's up for? And he goes, uh, I've got uh, asthma or stress or something. That's exactly how he put it. He said, I've got asthma or stress or something. And I looked at it, and it was, it was a thing from his doctor. It was the, the fabled doctor's note. So I'm like, here you go. Go uh, go load up. Let's see. Um, I, uh, You're on the Rick Emerson show. I can help you this morning.
9: Um, yes. The medical marijuana. Yes. The facilities and even private sale patients. Um, a lot of patients don't go to the facilities. They actually have... Authorization to give out cards to have people grow it for them.
2: Now, when you say facility, are you talking about because uh, hospitals don't? When you say facility, you mean like some guy's store?
9: Kind of, yeah, like the dispensaries.
2: Right, because it's like because you because hospitals won't uh, won't give it out, so that has to be just some some dude running an operation somewhere.
9: Right, and these operations, ninety five percent of them, I would say, are illegal, but. They can have cards. They're very strict about the numbers. You're only allowed to have so many buds, uh, plants, full grown plants. You're only allowed to harvest so much out of them. Anything extra has to be destroyed, which nine times out of ten, it's not.
2: Wait, so like, so if I go to the doctor, the doctor then gives me a whatever, like a card or a prescription or something. And by the way, I should note that the guy I was talking about actually wasn't from here. He was from California, and I don't have it. So maybe they do it differently here. But so I go to the doctor and I say, I've got uh, stress and uh, I'm all, uh, I've got Agita, and I've got all these Allman Brothers records, and they're just not interesting enough. And the doctor gives me, like, what, a card, and then I, and then I do what with that? I'm so confused, like, if the doctor, like, if I went to the doctor today, I'm supposed to have this MRI for my, uh, my foot thing, which I think is gonna happen next week. But let's say I go to the doctor for my MRI, and he goes, well, you've got, uh, you know, you've got, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, you've got the, a small gremlin living in, in your stomach, and that's what's causing all your problems. And I say, what do I do about that? and he says you might consider medical marijuana. He gives me the card. I leave the hospital, I walk out into the street, and I go where?
9: That I honestly have no idea.
2: It's <laughs> so confusing. Seems like a we ought to be able to, mine, uh, you know, have like some sort of a flow chart or something.
9: Yeah, well, a friend of mine has a lot of very serious medical conditions. Like she can't she can't eat. She has a form of stomach cancer, and she has like 12 percent usage of her heart and she's got diabetes so anytime she eats she throws it back up she has to smoke in order to be able to get the appetite to eat and then smoke again to keep it down so she has her uh mother grow it for her and she got she had to get her mother a card so her mother could legally grow it for her
2: this is also very confusing all right Excellent. Oh, it
9: is. And it's so, It's they're very tight about it. If they catch you with even one plant over, you can go to jail for five years.
2: Really? And that's right here. And that's in Oregon? Yes. Excellent. All
9: right. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. All right,
2: that is uh, Christina there, offering to uh, clarify that for us. All right. It's still so very puzzling. It's 503 228. Uh, 4101-503-228-4101 Coming up at the top of the hour, Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. Uh, Later on this morning we will talk to Dr. Sanjay Gupta from CNN and your shot at winning a copy of the book The Simpsons, an uncensored, unauthorized biography, plus our interview with porn star Ron Jeremy. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next, live from downtown Portland, Oregon.
0: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO KUFO Portland
2: Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Dr. Sanjay Gupta from CNN will be here. We'll also talk to porn legend Ron Jeremy, and we'll have uh, your shot at a pair of tickets to see Paranormal Activity. Did anyone see it? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller?
4: No, I'm going to see it today.
2: Greg? Oh, I'm sorry.
5: Greg's mic is uh, not... (laughs) I have mic problems today. Uh, No, I have not seen it yet.
2: Tim Riley, Paranormal Activity? I have not. It's not bad. I would say that it's... um, It is a little bit like Zombieland in that I... I, I think, I wish that I had sort of seen it before a lot of the hype. Um, but it's certainly good. I mean, it's freaky. It's got some, I would say it's got some disturbing sequences. Uh, it's got some, it's got some moments that'll give you the creeps. that so you, you think back on, you kind of, you know, <laughs> if you were watching it like at home on your couch in the middle of the day with the, with the windows open and the sun shining, it would probably not be nearly as freaky. You see in a the theater, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what time of day, but you see in a dark room with a bunch of other people, it'll, it 'll weird you out i mean it 'll uh it'll it 'll mess you up for a while but it's a, i give it a uh, i give it a thumbs up i mean it 's just you know it 's just interesting to see a movie that does something Sort of different than, than every other horror film out there. So, um, anyway, I will not, I won't say anything else about it. I won't, uh, I won't ruin it, but you really ought to, uh, check it out if you get a chance. It's 503-228-4101. Also, uh, later on today, we will do a recap of TV last night, including but not limited to, uh, the new episode of Dexter, eh, including an increasingly creepy John Lithgow and, uh, Californication Plus Mad Men. Uh, we've got Ball Talk from Greg Nibbler coming up here in just a moment. Tim Riley is tracking the
3: following headlines on your Monday morning. Well, I hear from reliable sources that property taxes in Will County and Clackamas County will go up 6%. That's 6%. Even though property, property values keep dropping. Those kids don't educate themselves, Tim. That's true. And uh, miraculously, police just happen to pull over a random car on Northeast 82nd and find cocaine. And then the driver runs away and he's found hidden under a car. And Roman Polanski is reportedly depressed. All right, then. It's
2: 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Hi, Rick Emerson. Show who's this? This is Bob. Hey, Bob. What's up? How you doing? I'm Dandy. How can I help you, sir?
10: Well, that lady didn't know what she was talking about. This is uh, the, actual... the previous caller about medical marijuana? Yes, I am. Awesome.
2: Yes, how... You go to the what, doctor. Yeah, what, 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 what's that, sir?
10: you go to the doctor and you say, I got gout. You know what gout is?
2: Yes. Yes, I do.
10: And he'll give you a prescription or not a prescription, an actual legal card. You take that card, you can have a caregiver. Let's say I want my brother to grow marijuana plants for me and he can grow the plants and then you kind of go into uh, a club to where you can get an ounce of marijuana per month or you have the option to grow it yourself. Wait
2: a minute. I thought your brother was growing it. What's the club you're going to?
10: Well, it's kind of like uh, just... AA clubs, kind of like that, to where just people who grow marijuana or are on the medical marijuana thing, they can actually just go and meet together, they can swap clones, they can give each other weed. It's actually like a club. I mean, I don't know how you can get it by just going to your doctor and saying, hey man, I didn't, you know, I don't, Vicodin doesn't work for me. I smoked some marijuana the other day, and it really worked for me, and it took away the pain. Can you give me, uh, you know, a medical marijuana card? And you know what? Most doctors will write it for you. Yes.
2: All right. Excellent. Well, thank you for thank you for clarifying it, sir. I, uh, it, where there was once confusion, there is now only understanding. Okay. Thanks. Right. And uh, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring clarity to the world
5: of... Sport with Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. Hey, bro. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. All right. Major League Baseball news. Um, the uh, playoffs are really shaping up. The Angels have swept Boston to reach the American League Championship Series. Uh, the Yankees knocked off the Twins, so it's going to be the Yankees and Angels in the American League. The Dodgers swept the Cardinals and are awaiting the winner of the Phillies Rockies, which means we're dangerously close to an all LA World Series, which cannot happen. And uh, unfortunately, it's uh, the Angels. Angels against the Yankees, which means neither one of those really should be going. So we really have to root for the Phillies and Rockies. So everybody root for that so we don't have all L.A. or L.A. New York. And big-time catcher Yadier Molina of the St. Louis Cardinals is going to be going to court. He is being sued by Signer Sports Marketing for allegedly taking $90,660 to do autographs and then just not showing up, which uh, usually doesn't work out too good. He's being sued for... Uh, Damages in excess of $175,000. Wow. Yeah, that'd be nice to get paid to do autograph sessions like that. Um, In uh, NASCAR, of all things, we normally don't cover too much NASCAR here on Ball Talk, but uh, singer Jesse McCartney kind of screwed up the national anthem at the Pepsi 500. We've got got an audio clip of this. Oh, say can
10: you see by the dawn's <laughs> oh, well
5: done. He just left out a whole verse there, right? Yeah, he skipped an entire verse of it. That is fantastic. Well done, Jesse McCartney. Yeah, it's awesome too because in the video too, you can see all of these NASCAR fans and racers all of a sudden looking at each other, kind of angry, like, "Wait a minute, why does he hate America?" (laughs) America, right?
8: Taliban. He does it so
2: smoothly though that you might not like. You might think it's your mistake as a listener, though. For like, I mean, you might not be sure that you actually heard a mistake there.
3: Another one of those damn socialists
5: that's right <laughs> uh, in uh, college football both Oregon and Oregon State looked great over the weekend Oregon it, Oregon had an awesome game. Um, so the, the first half they sucked, but the second half started off, so UCLA thought they were kind of in the in the driver's seat. It was 0-0 zero zero or 0-3, zero so they thought they had a chance. So you see all these UCLA Bruins fans in L.A., all with their, their painted faces and everything, all cheering along. And then in the space of 26 seconds, Oregon ran the kickoff return back for a touchdown and then intercepted UCLA on the first play and ran it in for another touchdown. So you go from these screaming fans to oh, uh uh-oh, right after the return of the kickoff until basically they are all bawling within the course of 26 seconds. It was
2: awesome. All of their hopes and dreams
5: undone in like 26 seconds. All squashed, and they realized, oh, yes, we do suck. Damn. So, uh, yeah, it was really incredible. Uh, Oregon State destroyed Stanford. That was really cool. Uh, Colorado almost, well, they looked like they were going to have a chance of beating Texas. They started off with a 14-3 lead behind quarterback Cody Hawkins, who's the son of coach Dan Hawkins, and then he threw two interceptions, and his dad... Benched him, and afterwards said he's benched for the entire season. So that's going to be a fun family uh, occasion right there. Uh, in the NFL, the Seahawks won forty-one to zero, which uh, they actually looked really good. The Bengals beat the Ravens, and uh, Dallas receiver Miles Austin recorded two hundred fifty yards and two touchdowns in the Dallas Cowboys overtime win over the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And the Detroit Lions almost didn't lose this week, which is uh, almost like a victory for them because they pretty much lose all of the time. They they probably do better in the. Canadian Football League should probably just move them there and at least not as many people would see them lose Uh, so they, they did lose to the Steelers and what is the record of this year's upcoming Super Bowl champions Sarah do you know Oh, yes. No, I have no idea. Okay, well, <laughs> the uh, New York Giants are 5-0. and oh, And that's right. I predicted them to be the Super Bowl champs before the season even started. Do you still believe in yourself? Oh, I believe very confidently in myself. It's a, it's a lock. Like I said before, it, if you haven't placed your bets yet, you really need to do it now. Because Sell your the home. Odds, yeah, the odds are just going to get worse and worse. I mean, right now, you need to uh, capitalize on this. And so uh, go to your, your local, well, your legal bookies and make sure you place those bets. Have you placed bets? No. He's Greg Nibbler, ladies and gentlemen, and that is <laughs> Ball Talk. Coming up uh, next,
2: we have more news from Tim Riley. 7 o'clock, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, later on, porn star Ron Jeremy, and your shot at passes to see Slipknot and the Deftones. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful downtown Portland,
1: Oregon. The Rick Emerson Show continues next on Rook 101
4: to cult <laughs> in, in pop culture. I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies.
0: Show returns. This is Rock 101.
2: Indeed. It is the Rick Emerson radio program right here on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Monday. Thank you for joining us. 503-228-4101 is our telephone number. 503-228-4101. Quit calling about medical marijuana. If you have a text message, you can get that to us at 52051, or you can email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at. RickEmerson.com. You can also email uh, Sarah Dillon. It's Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Perhaps wish her a uh, late birthday salutation. By the way, I did order you a gift. It has not yet arrived.
4: That's okay. I know that you have. I'm just saying it's. I'm, on, it's on I'm very roots. appreciative.
2: It'll uh, it'll get here at some point.
4: And you came to my birthday party. I stayed right. for like much longer than I anticipated. I, uh, we you know, were being all like social and crap. It was amazing. It's not
2: like it was a job. It wasn't a chore. I'm just <laughs> uh, you know the, 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 I am typically now uh, sort of an early to bed kind of a guy, and plus I don't necessarily function well in some social, social settings. But uh, but I was at your party on Friday, and I did. And incidentally. I was the guinea pig. I took the first bite out of the ass cake uh, that was there. Oh, there was uh, Sarah's friend Kelsey for her birthday. Sarah uh, was given a cake, a birthday cake that was shaped like an it was, ass. It was a butt cake, and there's <laughs> it was no
4: delicious. I have to say,
2: but and there's no uh, there's no other way to put this. It was um, it was not a covered ass. It was uh, it was an unclothed ass that the cake was shaped like.
4: And I gave you the best part.
2: And uh, <laughs> it was uh. It was an unclean ass. Let's put it that way. That's all I'm going to say. But that's, you ate it anyway. Yes, I, that's right. That's how much Rick Emerson cares. It's because... Rick
4: the special part.
2: I, yes, yes, I did. Um, uh, that You know, but that's uh, what better way to demonstrate one's affection than, uh, yes, I will take the, the most foul part of the ass cake.
4: Uh, no, I no. was not expecting that, I have to tell you.
2: The, the cake shaped like an ass? I
4: would really not expect that I'd get a cake shaped like an ass. No,
2: uh, Kelsey said that her uh, backup plan, if, if she hadn't been able to sort of get the ass mold to work correctly, her backup plan was to make a cake that looked like... Um, Another it, part? It was going to look like mail junk. Uh, but just the, uh, just, the, just, just, the, just the beans, not the frank.
4: Oh,
2: wow. Anywho, it's 503 This is Tim Riley at the News Desk.
0: The Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth. This is Tim
3: Riley. Your morning. It is six twenty-five. It's going to be cloudy today. year near sixty. Property taxes are going up now. If you're in a place in Multnomah or Clackamas County, you got to see an increase of six percent on your bill, and it's due in the mail anytime now. Of course, tax day is November fifteenth. Property taxes going up. I'm glad that that's coupled with a raise in
2: everyone's property values, Tim. You would think so, wouldn't you?
3: <laughs> yes you would. Yes uh... you would. And on the news. It's the long
2: bitter pause there that really sells it. The is there, so property taxes are going up six percent. Is that and here's a dumb question. That is a six percent across the board property tax increase. In other words, regardless of the value of your home. That is correct, yes. It, you know, it's not a sliding scale. It's not like 4% or 9%. It is 6%, that, period. If that was the case, there would be many years where they would owe me money. <laughs> this, but this is, a, this is a 6% then, because then theoretically, if your house is worth more, you, that 6% is a larger chunk of it, and you know, if mm-hmm. it's, whatever. Um, but of course, no one's house is worth more. And that's Multnomah
3: County. I yeah. still don't know what's going to happen in Washington County, where I live. That's another property tax for all you people out there. Meanwhile, Portland police have arrested a man for carrying large amounts of cocaine driving down Southeast 82nd. How do they ever find this guy? Well, apparently they're stopping people at random and happen to find him. Uh, they show, saw this guy with a gun <laughs> as he ran away from the car when they stopped him. And then they found him later hiding under a car. That is, He's hiding under a car
6: after
2: with running a from a car with a gun. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. He didn't even think to throw the gun no. somewhere. Jesus God Almighty. Well, he probably thought he needed to get out of the neighborhood. But, I mean, don't you it get... could be a bit pricey. And don't you get the sense that you could just, uh, you could make a ton of money just creating some sort of a foolproof, fail-safe way to dispose of your weed or your cocaine or whatever once the man pulls you over? I mean, why, look, why... I mean, are
4: there so many places to hide in that area anyway? Like, it's kind of a shame on him that he. Got Are you
2: the talking car. about in the car or when it, once he gets out of the car?
4: Once he got out of the car and was on foot.
2: I mean. Oh, on 82nd? Seriously, what's one more guy with a gun on 82nd? Seriously, Seriously how, do, how difficult could it be to blend in on a street where every third person is a felon? Um, secondly, this business of him, you know, they stop him and he, he gets out of the car. He doesn't even wait. He doesn't even wait to see if they're going to try to bust him. He just runs immediately, thus guaranteeing pursuit. So there's that. Also, uh, you know, as uh, as Jay Z said, uh, you know, my um, what does he say? My uh, my car is uh, locked, and so is the trunk in the back, or something. Anyway, the point is, the I'm man not can't familiar do- with the quotes of Jay Z. He's going to need a warrant warrant for that. He can't just be like searching the car unless they've got some probable cause. So uh, I realize that the average dealer or uh, the, the, the Coke fiend or something just isn't that bright or probably not in their right frame of mind. But you don't necessarily – I'm not trying to give tips to felons, but you don't necessarily need to be sprinting from the heat the minute they pull you over. Also this, I'm just going to give this idea away because I don't really have the capital resources or the time to do this. Why can't there be a ra- reality show, Cops of 82nd? The, I, mean, I mean really, you know, we have a reality show and it's called um, its called Look Who's Been Busted, the new issue of which is on oh. – uh, is on plaid pantry, counters get mine everywhere. this weekend, I, my parents were in town. I got mine this morning. Picked up this morning. Oh. Luke Who's Been Busted. Uh, you want to pick this up yourself because uh, tomorrow we're going to be playing a brand new game with this. I got to put it over. Here. Fantastic. Oh, is
4: that the one that we talked about last week? Yes. God, we're we're going to be.
2: Uh, everybody ought to be picking up a, a copy of Luke Who's Been Busted because uh, tomorrow we're going to uh, be doing something special with that. But what oh, was my point? Oh, so it, it's not like I'm trying to make life easier uh, for people who are dealing poison to children, but because I can't do anything with this idea. I'm just going to give this away because this is how much Rick Emerson cares. Somebody ought to just create, I mean, for whatever purpose, a car that has in the like, you know, where that little junk box is between the front seat, uh, you know, between the passenger seat, the driver's seat, or maybe out on the back or in the uh, glove box or something. There ought to be a little mobile incinerator. You know what I mean? The man pulls you over, you know, you open it up, put it in, gone. That's it. Uh, And it wouldn't be a constantly going fire. It would just be, you know, the fire just burns long enough in some sort of a fireproof container or fireproof cylinder. It just burns long enough to burn your drugs.
4: That is a fantastic idea. Yes,
2: it is, Sarah. And I've been holding that idea in my back pocket for a long time, thinking I would make it and then sell it to uh, some of our more nefarious citizens once the whole radio thing didn't work out. But, you know, I've decided that uh, I'm just not going to have, you know, at this point I don't have time to pursue that. So, there you go.
4: Wow, that's genius.
2: Never let it be said that Rick Emerson only helps one section of society. That's an idea just for drug dealers. A mobile incinerator in your car, burn your drugs before the cop can get up there. There you go. I like it. You, you know, it's, uh, we try to help everybody here. On a totally unrelated note, it's twenty t- nine a.m. This time check delivered to you by Cooney BMW's 29-minute fast and free service. Performance has an address. Cooney BMW. That's in no way related to anything I was just
3: talking about. At the news desk, it's Tim Riley. So a guy's uh, playing golf at a golf course in South Carolina and hits his ball into a pond, reaches in to retrieve the ball, and an alligator bites his arm off. Workers uh, ended up killing the alligator, retrieved the arm, but the ball has still not been found. By the way,
2: somebody says that cops is currently being filmed in Portland. Is that true? Well, it has been, yeah. Do we know? I mean, well, they, they
3: went to the uh, the wrong place a couple of weeks ago.
4: I remember they used to film at that McDonald's downtown. I remember
3: uh, somebody hit the vehicle that was carrying the cops head on. A no, I had no idea. I don't I I remember it. anything about this. No, Tim, you, just, you just word listing. I thought maybe when you said cops, like you just
2: meant. Like cops, not like not cops with a capital C. In other words, not the show. I thought you were perhaps just referring to police. No, cops. So the actual d- does the actual show cops film here like all the time? Not all the time.
4: Mm. It used to a lot. I remember seeing specific episodes when at McDonald's was open downtown, right. like kind of up the street from Dante's. And there used to be, like, shootings and stuff there all the time. I don't
2: remember what McDonald's you're talking about. The one on it's Burnside? One,
4: yeah, it's on the right-hand side. It's right next to that, uh, like, cabaret strip.
2: Oh, no, no, that, no, that's Burger I, King.
4: I think, Oh, Burger King. That's what I'm That thinking. was a
2: there's, Burger... I remember a McDonald's next to a car wash. Man, can I just tell you, the, one of the only times in, the, in Portland I've ever uh, nearly gotten my ass beaten was at that Burger King, which is now closed. Don't get me wrong, it's a fine establishment at all. I uh, I quite enjoy their fries. For those who like a beating, but I, for their fries. <laughs> that's having it your way. I don't think it was going to be my way. I think it was, by definition, going to be anyway but mine. <laughs> <laughs> Is that on the value meal? Awesome. Um, no, I was standing... Go big. In, get a beating. 99 I, cents more. I was, I was standing in line uh, just uh, waiting... Unarmed. To, waiting to buy... Really unarmed and, as they say, minding my own business... Just waiting to buy the, the whatever. And it was, I don't know, around 9 o'clock. And I think it was going to a show at Dante's or the, the Roseland or something. And I don't know. And I, I couldn't find... I, I just need... I was thirsty or whatever. And so I just went in to get a Coke. And I'm standing in line behind some guy who was ordering, like, whatever at the cash register. And um, apparently I was standing a little too close for comfort. I was standing closer than he thought I ought to be. And he turned around and he stared at me. And... First implied that I had carnal relations with my mother and then after doing so inquired as to whether my proximity to him in terms of personal space was an indication on my behalf that I wished to engage in sexual relations with him or if by standing in said proximity if I was expecting him to perhaps perform some sort of an intimate act on me. Because So the choices are, were you to initiate it, or was he? I think he was inquiring as to whether I was expecting him to do that, and if that's why I was standing so close to him. Would either choice be to his liking? I don't believe so, Tim. I think that he would not be in favor of, uh, of either of those scenarios, and he implied that both with body language and, uh, and with the... Uh, with the statement that he would, in fact, beat my ass if I did not step back.
3: Why did he think that this would transpire at Burger King live? I don't know. Of all um, places.
2: I think, he was, uh, I think he was anticipating it was, in fact, he and I who might be expected to get busy
3: in a Burger King bathroom. But I'm not entirely sure about that. <laughs> Let's do one more and then we'll break, huh? Here's Tim Riley. Well, then there were the teenagers who managed to survive a 100-foot plunge off a cliff at Porter Ranch, which is a posh suburb of L.A., after they decided to take the keys to Dad's Porsche. The crash happened at 144 yesterday afternoon. A 15-year-old took the keys to Dad's Porsche and went for a joyride with his 12-year-old cousin. Lost control after going much too fast, and they drove off a cliff. The boys had to climb out of the vehicle. They're both at Children's Hospital Sporting.
2: I like how it's still considered a joy ride though. Yeah. Uh it's 503-228-4101. Right now if you are caller 10 at 503-228-4101 you're going to get yourself a pair of tickets to Fright Town, the haunted attraction underneath Memorial Coliseum open through the month of October. Get your fright on as they say with the whole city block of screams and shock. is something for everybody who loves a good haunted house. That is Fright Town featuring Baron Von Gulos Museum of Horrors. If you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101 you're going to get Yourself a pair of tickets to Fright Town. Coming up at seven o'clock, Dr. Sanjay Gupta from CNN. Seven twenty, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian, and at eight o'clock, porn legend Ron Jeremy. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next live from Portland.
0: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock One Hundred and One KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is
6: Rock One Hundred and One KUFO.
2: This is the sort of text message I like. It's sort of like the helping me with one hand, hitting me with the other. It just says, About that guy in 82nd. Waving a gun is probable cause. Dumbass. All right. Thank you, sir. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. If you'd like, you can uh, text us. Well, it's 520-51. right, so today's Columbus Day. So now that we've put to bed the fact that he was not Italian, he was Jewish. Yes. And was funded by Queen Isabella Esmeralda. Is- Isabella. Who's Esmeralda? Oh, that's the chick from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes. Um, so he was funded by, funded by uh, uh, Spain. Wait, now I don't even know. I've confused myself again. The point is, uh, so he came over here and, you know, whatever. But that then leads me to my next question. And I can never get a straight answer from anybody uh, about this. Did or did not Christopher Columbus actually set foot on North America? No. See, that's what I thought, but I told I was challenging somebody about that, and they said, "Well, no, 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 he did, but it was just like later. It was not when it was not in 1492 or whatever it is that they they claimed it was like the came It was like a moon here. landing. So then, where is it that he went? Where, where physically, where did he land and like get out of the, the ship and walk
3: around? Uh, Caribbean. All right. So uh, is it like the Indies or something? Yeah. All no, right. no, the Indies are way way far away. They're well, in the opposite direction. Where are the West, uh, the the uh, the Indies are. Uh... Next to Australia. They're in the Pacific.
2: All right. And that's, uh, that is not near here. That is that's, far away from here. it's too, too far. I can never really tell because I never, you don't think of the world as, uh, you know, most of the time you see it on a map, not a globe. Mm-hmm. So the result of the map and seeing something tacked up on your classroom wall is, I have no idea how far away something on the right side is from something on the left side. Because like Australia and Hawaii could be right next to each other for all I know. I just, I have, I have no, they're on opposite corners of a map. But doesn't that mean that on a globe they're right next to each other? Well, they're both in the Pacific Ocean. Well, I suppose so. You'd be correct. All right. Uh, so Greg is saying that uh, Columbus landed in Hispaniola. Yeah, you're just uh, you're making that up. There isn't really a place called. Yes, there is. Really? Was that right? Was it next to it's a little Island? It's northeast of Cuba.
5: Greg, please to explain. Where was Hispaniola? Uh, Hispaniola is Haiti and Dominican Republic. It's, it's chopped in the name half. Of that island.
2: Yeah. So, so Columbus landed in Haiti not so much the North, uh, North America at all. I believe so. Or the or the Indies. No. Where did he
4: <laughs> So this is once again the blind the,
2: line, the blind. West Indies. There's two different things. So A he didn't land in North America. B. Do we know where he thought he landed? Because you always hear that thing: if he thought he was in India, which is why he called them Indians. Which that's I think, correct. Is, I think, but I think that's made up. I think that's a made-up story. Well, that's our like, people put that out. That sounds like some retrofitting being put on uh, by the white man. I, uh, I, I don't really know. I think that might not be how that all played out. It's all very confusing. I get the feeling that about eighty percent of the crap they were telling me in school was just fabricated. Is some guy just pulled that out of his knows. ass? That's the thing. Well, it's like? This uh, the thing we found out last week. But. Uh, you know, but we were talking about the um, we were t- talking about the Russians having sent stuff to the moon like 40 years ago, which they somehow just skipped telling us uh, in school. It's all very perplexing. At the news desk to uh, illuminate your world with knowledge and facts, it's Tim Riley. Live
0: from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
3: Good morning, everyone. It is six forty eight. It's going to be mostly cloudy today, highs around 60 or so. A guy accused of starting three fires in his girlfriend's apartment and then texting her about it has been convicted of those crimes. 35-year-old Corey Vaughn has been sentenced to three years probation for the fires and close to a year of domestic violence counseling for slapping and choking his girlfriend. The judge also ordered Bond to stop using lighters and matches and to undergo a psychiatric evaluation. But if if there's a court order for you not to use lighters or matches, they ought
2: to put you in a small hole and keep you there forever. That is a court order that indicates that there is something deeply broken in you that's not going to be fixed anytime soon. Oh yeah. That's like a court order telling you not to pick up knives or to stare
3: at people long, for long periods of time. He, he set fires to his girlfriend's coffee table, kitchen table, and bedroom floor. Oh. He also is supposed to avoid a face-to-face contact with this gal. Forfeit. That, I don't you, think he has you to have, be told twice. Yeah, yeah,
2: you, you are a failed human being if they have to issue that order for you.
3: There's been a massive mudslide in Yakima County. At least in two homes were destroyed. Locals describe it as a heavy-moving mass of mud slouching down the hillside onto State Highway 410. It has demolished 47 miles of highway. It's going to take months to reopen this highway. Authorities are urging people to stay away from the town of uh, Nile, wherever that is. So, plan your vacation elsewhere. A source in central Taiwan is offering shopping vouchers to anyone who helps with one of the city's major problems, picking up dog poop. So they're asking strangers to clean it up, and if you do, and if you collect enough, you'll get a shopping voucher.
5: Really? (laughs) Yes,
2: really. You can actually
3: exchange dog poop for goods and services. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, this is 130000 Taiwan dollars. It also offers to raise a public awareness of this uh, dog poop problem. This is really a uh, prefiguring and a presaging of
2: what it's going to be like in America once the recession continues to uh, to implode.
3: So uh, it's a pretty good deal. So start picking up dog poop now. Let's do uh, one more here and then we will take a break. Coming up
2: at uh, the top of the hour, Dr. Sanjay Gupta.
3: All righty. Uh, Florida man drowned in his hunt tub after spending the day drinking and watching football. Where's that, Tim? Florida?
2: I was too close to call. I don't know. I don't know who that was.
3: Charles Colin Higgins, apparently one of his friends, called 911, reported that he was found floating face down in a hot tub near his home uh, next to St. Petersburg. He was a guest at a friend's residence where he spent the day watching football and drinking. He was alone in the hot tub at the time when he was found dead. End of story. Drama watching football
2: and
11: drinking. (laughs)
2: Awesome. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. One guy who won't be around to cause trouble next season. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at the top of the hour, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian with the weekend box office at 720, Ron Jeremy. Later. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show.
1: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
0: KUFO Portland! KUFO Portland!
2: It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. In just a moment, we'll be joined by Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Coming up at 7.20, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. We'll talk about the week in the box office. I don't even know what else was at the box. It was just a paranormal activity movie, and then, oh, it was that that uh, that, uh, that crap with Vince Vaughn and uh, John Favreau.
6: That Couple couples retreat movie that I will
2: never be seeing ever, ever, this ever. This has been the most boring movie year ever. You could not pay me enough. Uh, coming up later on, living legend Ron Jeremy and your shot at a pair of tickets to see uh, Slipknot and the Deftones. That's all on the way. Tim Riley's tracking these headlines on your Monday morning.
3: The River Rat is going up the river. A little-known loophole allows kids under 18 to board planes of PDX without any kind of identification. And we have something, well, some very bad news for all of you who own those sidekick telephones made by Microsoft. All
2: right. It's 503-228-4101. Our next guest is CNN's chief medical correspondent. He hosts CNN's House Call with Dr. Sanjay Gupta and makes frequent appearances on uh, American Morning. Larry King Live, Anderson Cooper 360, and he's a former advisor uh, to Hillary Clinton. His new book is Cheating Death. It is in stores now. Go buy it. Do it today. Do whatever you must to acquire the money. So welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Hello, sir. How are you today?
7: I do well. Thanks so much for having me.
2: Not at all. I want to thank you for uh, uh, joining us. And I want to apologize right now for being the nine millionth guy to ask you a swine flu question. <laughs> um, the people seem to be weirded out by this this uh, vaccine because it seems like they just invented it. In other words, I, I know that swine flu you know, has been around for a long time, but it, it seems like we just heard about it and then like four minutes later, a guy said, and I've got a vaccine. Everybody line up. So what is wrong about what I just said there? I mean, give me the kind of straight scoop on it.
12: Well, you know, here's the thing is that, you know, we have a seasonal flu vaccine that, you know, make, is available every year. I don't know if you get it or not, but, you know, there's a lot of people who get that flu shot, so to speak. And if you look at H1N1, this the swine flu it's basically made the same way. When they make seasonal flu, the, the strains change every year, right? So you have to decide in the spring, okay, what strain do they think is going to be the, the problem one and come fall? And they start making the vaccine all summer. And then all of a sudden it's available in the fall. The same thing they did with H1N1. So they, they found the strain in the spring around May and made the vaccine all summer the same way they make seasonal flu vaccine. And here it's available. Look, I'd like to have a lot more safety testing on everything that uh, is, is being available and put into people's bodies. But the reality is with flu strains and flu viruses they change every year so you're never going to have more than a few months of, of sort of testing on this sort of thing right.
2: and I, I swear to you this will be the last thing I ask you about this the, we've heard that theres you can either get like the, the, the shot or you can get the spray is there any difference and if there isn't why have they been
12: jabbing me with needles my whole life well the the, the spray isn't for everybody uh, the best way to think about this is the shot is absolutely a dead virus There's there, there's no way you can get the flu from the flu shot with the spray, you can avoid the shot, but the trade off is that you have a slight, you have a, what's called attenuated or sl- slightly knocked down virus. In a healthy person, they'll be fine. They're, they're not going to have a problem with it. But if someone has some sort of underlying illness or their immune system is, is down for some reason, taking the spray can be a little bit more of a problem. So it's, it's not for everybody.
2: We're talking to Dr. Sanjay Gupta, whose new book is "Cheating Death." Uh, It is in stores now, and then the uh, concomitant documentary, which is another day, "Cheating Death," that'll be on this coming Saturday, October seventeenth. And so, this is, as the title implies, the the the, the book about stories of people who they didn't think could survive or survived, you know, against just what seemed to be staggering odds. And a lot of times, it seems like these stories underscore how the stuff we thought we knew. We didn't really know. You you tell the story about the um, uh, about a guy in um, I believe uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, mm-hmm. who had collapsed at the steering wheel of his car. It was at Glendale, Arizona, the, the steering wheel of his car, and they ended up using this kind of different CPR on him that it, it, it didn't involve breathing. It was basically just hammering on the guy's chest and skipping the breathing part, which kind of flies in the face of everything we've been told. Have I kind of if I got that right at all,
12: yeah. No, I think it's a good description. You know, it, it's interesting. And most of the stories in this book. Uh, I probably couldn't have told 10 years ago. I mean, that's how fast the science is moving. And I think I've been thinking about this since I was a medical student, which was almost 20 years ago, this idea that, you know, there's not this defining line, big, bright line between life and death. It's a process, which means there's a lot of opportunities to reverse it. So with what you're talking about specifically, uh, you know, if if you see somebody collapse in the streets of Portland today, um, would you know what to do? Most people say, I sort of have a general idea, you know, it says chest compressions and breathing and stuff. What we know is that most people don't help. Bystander help is actually pretty rare. And if you really parse it down, it seems to be that people are uncomfortable with or or don't know how to do mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. And that got these researchers thinking, well, what if we eliminate that part of it? Just do chest compressions. Call 911, 100 chest compressions a minute, as fast and hard as you can. Uh, what, What kind of difference would that make? And they found that not only was it as effective as conventional CPR with the mouth-to-mouth, but it was actually better. And the idea is that you have plenty of oxygen in your blood if you suddenly collapse. You were just breathing. So you have plenty of oxygen in your blood. The key is to just move that oxygenated blood around the body. Put your hands in the middle of the chest, right between the nipples, push and and you're essentially pushing the heart and pushing that blood throughout the body. That's what you need to do and not stop for anything until the paramedics get there.
2: So is this going to be one of those things that we're just going to keep doing I won't even say incorrectly but the, the sort of less efficient way. Are we just going to keep doing that forever though because that's how we've been how we've been talking I mean, How hard is it to, to get people to embrace new ways of doing stuff?
12: Well, you know, medicine is an extremely slow-moving mo- system. There's, there's no question about it. And I, and I allude to that in the book as well. I think in some ways it's great because, you know, when it comes to potentially life-saving things, you want to make sure that everyone's looked at this thoroughly. On the other hand, something like this can make a huge difference. This is a billion-dollar drug, not some fancy procedure. It's your two hands and possibly saving a life. How long will it take? I don't know. You know, I mean, uh, it's, it's now an approved way of doing resuscitation but still not the recommended way of doing uh, resuscitation around the country state by state have started to adopt this i think a few years but i think what's going to happen is kids will start learning it like when you and i learned it in school in grade school and then they will become the sort of the next generation of doing Chest compression resuscitation.
2: We're talking to, uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. His new book, Cheating Death, is in stores, uh, now. So you, the book has a lot of, um, just sort of, I don't know, it was kind of astonishing stories of people who, again, sort of defeated the odds or were rescued from what seemed to be impossible medical situations. How often as a doctor do you see stuff that you just like f- flat out can't explain? Something that just, you have no, you have no real way to explicate what has happened.
8: You know, uh,
12: quite a bit, actually. Uh, quite a bit where I, I see stories of people who survived when really nothing suggested that they would. Uh, they come out of what some would have deemed an irreversible coma or they have some sort of you know, malignant tumor that seems to be shrinking uh, unexpectedly. I see that quite a bit, and I think it's easy to sort of call those patients outliers or some people even assign them the, the status of miracle. But the reality is that, you know, what I think it shows is that we just don't know enough yet uh, we need to learn more about what's happening with them and being able to apply that to everybody else that, that, that it's sort, to me, it's sort of a—it's—it's it's a galvanizing thing, you know. Let's figure out what happened here instead of just saying I don't know, and 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 make sure the next person who has the same problem can benefit from it.
2: We're talking to uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta and my news director Tim Riley was noting that Tim, when did you? What was the program you were talking about? You were—he was noting that you started uh, school. You started your training at very—you uh, at a very accelerated age. Yeah. Um, it was uh, the very young; you were a teenager basically, and you got kind of put into one accelerated program. Straight, straight out
6: of
3: school, I believe. Straight out of school.
2: So, so you're so you're like one of those guys who's just sort of mind-bogglingly smart. So I have to ask you, when you just when you're sitting on the couch at home and you're just watching TV and you see some guy there talking about how you can you know uh, I don't know you can cure your hearing by jamming a candle into your ear and burning it or something. Do you just want to throw stuff at your television all the time?
7: Uh, you know
12: I I uh, have probably changed my tune on some of that stuff over the years. You know I, I do think this, this this very fine line between providing people with enough information and, and providing them with potentially dangerous information. Um, you know, so I, I, um, you know, it's, a, it's a little bit concerning. We live in the age of information. What I have found is that the, the, the way that, you know, the real challenge, I think, for everybody is to try and transform information into knowledge. So what you're describing is candling, for example, um, you know, to try and get the wax out of your ears. Uh, it, it's, it's, it doesn't really work, and it could be dangerous. Although a lot of people still, still swear by it, and I think it's one of those things where it's sort of just a, a, a message to me, and I think other people who do what I do to to just be out there, be really clear, be really declarative. In terms of how we present information, so I, that, that's that's what I try and do.
2: I'm just saying, calling you know you're calling into a city right now that is filled with hippies. So uh, you know when the when the great re-education campaign comes, this is really the place you ought to begin. Just you know, just put that on your planner. I
7: should come there absolutely.
2: All right, Doctor Sanjay Gupta, the new book "Cheating Death" is in stores now, and the documentary uh, "Another Day Cheating Death" debuts this Saturday, October seventeenth. Uh, check local listings for airtimes, as they say. Doctor Sanjay Gupta, best of continued success in all things, my friend. Thank you for spending some time with us.
12: Thank. Thanks. Anytime, Rick. Appreciate
2: it. There you go. Dr. Sanjay Gupta from uh, CNN. There you go. Oh, speaking of
4: the coolest uh, man
6: alive.
2: Seriously. And, you know, I didn't mention this. People magazine called him the sexiest, one of the sexiest men alive in 2003. I was going to uh, point that out, and I thought it might embarrass him. That's for the ladies.
3: Speak of jamming things in your ear, I saw last night <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> yes. Lee Majors is selling a bionic ear hearing aid. No! I'm gonna find it for you, and we can play it later. I want one. How much are they? Nineteen ninety-five. I'm gonna buy one. Wait a minute,
2: is this like? He is
4: really good looking.
2: Sanjay Gupta. Oh yeah, he's an attractive man. Uh, Yeah, in two thousand three, I think it was People Magazine called him one of the sexiest men alive. When they, which I think all the other years just goes to George Clooney. I think he's sort of the default. Like for several years, it was Mark Harmon. Now I think it's 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 either George Clooney or or John Hamm. Back on this business of Lee Majors, I found the ad. He sells a bionic hearing aid. Is this like that? Have you, uh, was, Sarah? Was it you that I was talking to about that that he, alleged hearing aid thing that they sell on the infomercial, where it's the guy and he's eavesdropping on the neighbors across the street? You know yes, what I'm talking about?
4: Yes, you and I both saw that one.
2: And there's like the and there's this sort of blue haired Gladys Kravitz woman who's like putting it in so she can hear the neighbors talking about which of their daughters is a whore mm-hmm. or something. and You know, never miss neighborhood gossip again. And then it shows the guy sitting in the sporting of, you know, watch your local sporting event with absolute clarity. And he puts the hearing aid in, and for some reason, it doesn't magnify the fact that he's in in a crowd full of screaming people, but he's able to hear what's going on in the field.
8: Is this like that? Yeah, here it is. Am I potted up here?
2: Let's see. Ladies and gentlemen, Lee Majors.
8: I'm Lee Majors. Most of you remember me as the $6 million man. Those physical abilities were enhanced by bionic technology. Now I'm here to introduce the Lee Major's bionic rechargeable hearing
2: aid. Oh, that's just sad.
8: This amazing aid hides discreetly in your ear. (laughs) But unlike some other battery-powered units, my bionic ear is rechargeable. No more frustrating tiny batteries to change. No more job offers that offer dignity. No more teeth. Number one, green light will signal that the battery's charging... No more residuals. Number two, light signals when charging is complete. It I am a thousand years adapter old. ...adapter or by batteries for convenient travel. This amazing micro-digital technology captures sound and amplifies as it transfers through the ear. You can easily adjust the amplification level to suit your individual needs. Now you can enjoy watching TV or listening to music at a comfortable sound level for the whole family. What do they call it? Micro-something technology? Micro,
2: uh,
6: bionic.
3: micro Bionic? Microbionic technology? Yes.
2: I
6: think that's it made up. A re-
3: it is a rechargeable bionic hearing aid. What it, is, it combines digital hearing aid technology with the ultra-convenience of a rechargeable battery.
2: I think someone doesn't understand what bionic means. I, uh, I don't think that word means what he thinks it means. Oh. Well, it's a job for him. I, <laughs> I suppose. How old is Lee Majors? He's got to be 75. He, he can barely speak. I, okay, I have to go watch that here again in a second. Coming up next, Christy Turnquist from The Oregonian will uh, talk about the weekend box office. We'll do a little bit of recap on last night's uh, Dexter, Californication, and then I have not seen Mad Men. That is the, uh, I, I haven't either. I failed to watch and watched to fail. That was, uh, uh, that was the one thing I didn't get done this weekend. It was all so difficult. Coming up later on, Ron Jeremy and your chance of tickets to paranormal activities. Stay there.
1: The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. On Rock 101 KUFL.
2: So you're looking through the pages of the new busted newspaper and you're thinking because the two hot guys are accused of the same crime, you are suspecting that maybe they were in on it together like some sort of a um, sexy time murder ring.
4: You know that good-looking people stick out like sore thumbs and busted. That's true, <laughs> and they do tend to stick together. Exactly. So I'm saying if there are two good-looking guys who are pretty close to each other on the page um, that have both been convicted of both of or allegedly convicted or whatever... They've been
2: accused. Accused. Perhaps wrongfully so, Sarah.
4: ...of attempted murder and robbery. I'm thinking that they're probably in on it together. Okay, let me just show you. They might be available. All I right, mean, so that guy and that guy.
2: All right, let me look. At some point at your earliest convenience, ladies and uh, gentlemen, you want to... uh, Boy, I'm just distracted by this hot chick with the feathered hair. Uh, Let me look. Oh, you're right. No, I can see that. No, no, no. I can... uh, I can totally see that. I can see how that might be the case. Uh, you want to be uh, picking up a copy of the new uh, Look Who's Been Busted newspaper for tomorrow. We're going to uh, unveil a
4: fun game. An,
2: exciting new, uh, an exciting new activity you could do with that. So you want to pick up a copy of that at some point uh, today. Coming up later on this hour, Christy Turnquist from the uh, Oregonian will be here. Christy, what will you be, uh, be discussing with the fine people of Portland today?
11: Well, how can we not uh, you know, talk about paranormal activity? Because it's really the buzz movie story of the weekend.
2: I'm proud to say that I saw it. I, I went saw to the it theater and I experienced it firsthand, so I can uh, comment on that phenomenon.
11: Yeah, I saw I saw it in the light of day, which maybe affected my particular response to it. But I also saw it. Excellent.
2: Uh, and we'll do a little bit of a recap on last night's uh, Dexter and Californication. And I have uh, I have once again failed to see uh, Mad Men because those bastards. They, uh, I do not want to get started on it, but they, uh, they, but you know, Californication and Mad Men are on at the same time, mm-hmm. which means that I have to choose, and so I chose Californication because it's you know it's half an hour. And I'm thinking, you know what? And then I'll I'll tape Madman, I'll you know, and, and I won't get a chance to watch it. But I'll burn it to DVD and I'll bring it in with me this morning. And then uh, the technology screwed me. And I had a scratch on the bottom. Oh, of Oh, Christina DVD
5: Hendricks
3: got married over the weekend.
2: <gasps> really?
8: <gasps> yeah. Damn the luck. Jones. Damn you, cruel fate.
3: Yeah. All right. I'm looking at somebody named uh, Getty Images. Well, nah, he's 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 not
6: right for her,
2: Tim. <laughs> he's uh, she's too good for him. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley.
0: <laughs> From the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. We'll
2: find that Mr. Images and we'll fix his little red wagon.
8: i and tired
3: of it, I tell you. Good morning, everyone. 7.26 already. It's going to be cloudy today. Highs near 60. There's a little-known loophole that allows kids under 18 to board airplanes at PDX without an ID check. That's how a 14-year-old masquerading as his mother ended up at Chicago's O'Hare Airport. TSA officials are unconcerned, saying they have many other levels of security to catch these little rascals. Opera, not opera, but opera, is being used as a deterrent to crime on Seattle's meanest streets. The classics are being blasted from loudspeakers in crime-ridden housing projects in an attempt to inject some culture into the souls of the most hardened criminals. Well, it looks like the... uh the Jay Leno show is continuing to devastate the rest of NBC's schedule. Everything around it is dropping, and the late news also dropping because nobody's hanging around for it. And the uh, the new Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien has its uh, fewest viewers ever. Also, I was noting a great article this morning. I'm... It makes it sound like I've got some
2: personal vendetta against Jay Leno, which I really don't. I don't it find him. It kind
4: of sounds like you do. See, but that's the thing. It's not that I dislike I you him. I don't like him, but he just says a lot of things that infuriate you, perhaps.
2: I don't dislike him personally because I don't know anything about him personally. I'm just saying his sh- I have always resented him uh, because he got that Tonight Show gig and he's not funny. He's not funny and stopped being funny. Like it, it, it was sealed the minute he got that show. It was a pre-Ryan Seacrest
3: before there was. That's a Ryan the thing. Seacrest. It's just it's. Just, yeah, man, they didn't it, give him everything. They just gave him something. It's like the
2: marching destruction of blandness. I mean, it's just uh, it is sort of um, it is the it is mediocrity. Uh, you know, spreading like a fungus across the comedic landscape. That's my problem with Jay Leno. So it's sort of like. The rest of the world and the networks are figuring out what, uh, for example, Tim and I have known for the longest time, which is that nobody is really, really into Jay Leno. Jay Leno is like a big glass of warm water, you know? Like, I guess you'll drink it if it's there, I, I suppose, as opposed to casserole or something. But, like, you wouldn't really choose it. There's nothing that interesting about it. So there's this great article this morning about how not only is his show itself kind of uh, tanking relative to their expectations, because they continue to lower and lower and lower their expectations. But all of the shows that they had to move out of the 10 o'clock slot to make room for Jay Leno are now getting slaughtered wherever they are. So it's just having this massive domino effect that's probably going to just destroy the
3: entire network. What? There's a big deal out there about slutty Halloween costumes for the kids. Awesome. Oh, wait, no. It's not awesome. It's for kids, so therefore I
2: started to say awesome when I just heard slutty Halloween costumes. I'm retracting that now.
3: Is it trick-or-treating or turning tricks? Trashy Halloween kitty costumes from slutty thigh and chest bearing French maid numbers to skin tight mid high major trouble skirts.
4: Okay, if anyone's dressing their child as a French maid, they need to be like arrested.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's also oh wrong, <laughs> says yeah, says Mother Sharon. The message being put out there is it's okay to be slutty on Halloween. A reporter found a slew of uh, slutty Halloween costumes for kids on New York's east side. A Goldilocks get-up suitable for a penthouse party, clingy gingham lace-up peasant dresses, and white petticoats that are oh so grown-up. The box says you can have your porridge and more. (laughs) A pirate costume dubbed High Seas Huddy is made in sizes to fit an eight-year-old. A woman in chains fantasy costume called Cutie features a spandex dress and lace of buttocks.
2: That's from the Polanski collection. A devil girl is
3: for 10 to 14-year-olds. It includes a flame red dress and tail. Wait a minute. Let's, let's get back Fishnet to this. Fishnet hosiery gloves
2: and a tiny pitchfork. Let's get back to this business of the gingham peasant dress. Yes. I'm trying to picture exactly what that looks like. They don't. They offer a couple of pictures of costumes, but not of that. Is that something they've decided that guys are into now? Guys are really into the peasant look. You know, I like girls who look like they're destitute Other and like, from the countryside,
4: like wenches.
2: Okay, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. I okay, that's that's that's, that's a fair. Some like
4: big beer stands.
2: Oh, by the way, so Tim uh, during the last segment was playing this Lee Majors. Uh, what is it called? The rechargeable bionic. Lee hearing Majors aid.
3: bionic hearing aid, and it says only fourteen ninety five with the fine print behind it. Says after thirty days you'll be billed three installments of sixty six sixty five order below so it ends up being around two hundred dollars
2: yes but I'm looking at this uh, this Lee Majors bionic character first of all he looks like he looks like a withered emaciated version of Martin Sheen in this I mean he looks
8: bad he looks like a very angry bionic so, man I'm Lee Majors <laughs> most of you remember me as the six million dollar man most of physical you. abilities were enhanced by bionic technology now I'm here to introduce the Lee Majors Bionic Rechargeable Hearing Aid. This amazing aid hides discreetly in your ear. But unlike some other battery-powered units, my bionic ear is rechargeable. <laughs> no more frustrating tiny batteries to change. Displace your unit in the recharge case. The number one green light will signal that the battery is charging properly. This is so depressing. The number two light signals when charging is complete power. I only have the back.
2: vaguest idea the of what I'm reading. My trousers
8: are feeling soiled. <laughs> the micro digital technology captures sound and amplifies as it transfers through your ears. the m- ear. I think adjust- it's time for my applesauce. <laughs> what, did,
2: what, what, what did he call it? The micro digital technology. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's made up. Uh, also, this now I completely. This is. I am embarrassed as a, as a show that is ostensibly knowledgeable in the ways of pop culture. I completely. The overlooked this is just the most uh, stunningly obvious observation here that we have a uh, Vince who emailed about this says, this is crap. He says, Rick, it was Jamie Summers, the bionic woman who had the bionic ear. I am calling BS on this endorsement. That's right. Because Steve, uh, because what's his name? Steve Austin, a man barely alive. He had a bionic eye. That's the thing. Sarah's laughing like such distinctions are unimportant. Maybe to you. Maybe to people who don't care about our television heritage, Sarah. Okay, let's quickly here. There was Steve Austin, a man barely alive, the bionic man. He had a bionic eye and an arm. Wasn't that the deal? Anyone?
5: I thought he could jump really high. No, no, no. That,
2: see, but I think that's wrong. <laughs> I think you're confusing him with the bionic woman. I think, I think the $6 million man had a bionic arm and a bionic eye. I believe that the bionic woman...
4: What does bionic mean?
2: See, that's another thing. I think bionic is like cyborg. I think it means half human. So like the
4: Borg, have they had a? Did they have a bionic eye?
2: I believe that. Yeah, I believe that cyborg. I think it means uh, it, like half, like it's uh, organic and mechanical. Okay. Which means that this is not, by the way, a bionic uh, uh, ear. Just in case anybody was going to pay the fourteen fourteen dollars for it under the uh, under the supposition that you were getting billion dollar technology. Then
3: you'll be billed three insolvents of sixty six sixty five or to below.
2: So I think the bionic woman had a bionic leg and ear because they did that close up in the credits of like zooming in on the ear and then the like little circles that represented waves that were crudely animated coming out of the side of her ear hole. Um, And I think in the opening credits as well, she jumped either really high or she jumped off of something, and it was like off a bridge really far. Also, let's not forget this, that at a certain point, there was, in fact, a bionic dog introduced to the series. I didn't remember that. What special bionic
4: parts did the dog have?
2: I cannot remember for the life of me. I think it may have been a biting ability, like he had a bionic jaw, and I think it may have been his legs, but... uh you know, only Chris Padding knows for sure, let's be honest. It's 503-228-4101. We come back. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will talk about weekend box office, 8 o'clock. Porn legend Ron Jeremy, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, your shot at a pair of tickets to PC uh, Slipknot and the Deftones. Plus, we'll clarify this business of bionicism. You stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. This is The Rick Emerson Show. Rock 101 K-UFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Look, if we're going to make out, you're not going to give me typhus or something, right? I mean, can we just uh, can we have an honest discussion about that? This is It's the Rick Emerson Show, live on Rock 101, KUFO, from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's uh, 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. Coming up at the top of the hour, uh, living legend Ron Jeremy, ladies and gentlemen. And sometime before the end of the show, you're shot at winning a pair of tickets to Slipknot and the Deftones. Coming up later on this week,
3: Richard Belzer.
2: In just a moment, we'll uh, talk with Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. We'll uh, discuss the weekend box office and so forth this uh it appears to be, as Greg Nibbler put it, nothing but weed and uh, the bionic science calls today. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
9: Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I just wanted to clarify the whole bionic thing. Yes. Jamie Summers had a bionic ear one arm and both legs. Steve Austin had an eye, one arm and both legs. And then the dog, Maximilian, had a bionic jaw and four legs.
2: Okay, by the way, let's just know that I got the dog thing completely right. I was off about the Steve Austin, a uh, man barely alive, having the legs. And I was off about Jamie Summers having both legs that were bionicized. Wow. I was totally correct. About the dog, and about the dog's jaw and his uh, and all four legs being, uh, you know, sort of uh, being given superpowers. I did not know the name, though. So you win on that score. We, we need a spreadsheet to keep track of all these three different things because I'm never going to remember. Well, now somebody was telling me that there's a. I'm looking at this message says there was a bionic teen. At which point it's just becoming it's, it's too many plates. I can't spin these anymore. All right, thank you, Kerry. I've never heard of that. All right, you're the coolest. Okay. Thank you. All right, there you go. That is, all right, that's uh, Carrie. All right, good God Almighty.
11: Hello, Christy. How are you? You know, who says that there's an education crisis in America? It's just about knowing, uh, you know, what
2: what really is going to come in handy later on. Really? I mean, the the levels of expertise in your listenership are.
11: Astounding!
2: Can I tell you the number of times that, like, Saved by the Bell trivia has come up in my life, as opposed to the number of times that say calculus has come <laughs> up in my life? I mean, really, the uh, it's, it's a matter of priority slanted very heavily in favor of one of those things. <laughs> Ugh, in any event, all right. So I did see Paranormal Activity. I saw it uh, over the weekend, and I won't ruin anything for anybody. We you know, will be. Uh, Thumbs up. I was scary. I mean, I found there were parts of it that were very... um. There were parts of it that were unnerving. And I would say that it's... Not to compare it to The Ring as such, but it's that same kind of vibe where it's oh, a sort that of... that
4: movie scared me.
2: It's, But it's the same kind yeah, of vibe where it's, the, the, really it's the kind of dread vibe that they're going for. I don't think it's as effective uh, as The Ring. Maybe that's... But partially it's because I think it was so hyped up. Yeah. And also... I think that unlike The Ring, which is uh, a, a pretty great atmospheric movie, regardless of when you see it, I think if you were to just like, if I had just given you Paranormal Activity on DVD and said, they got to go home and watch this this afternoon, I don't think it would be nearly as scary. Uh-huh. I think that they've done, but but saying that, it really is to the filmmakers' credit. They've done a really great job of taking a movie and making it scarier through the marketing because you go in already programmed yeah. to find it unnerving, and so you do. I mean, not that it's a bad film, but it really is a compliment to the filmmakers that they have preconditioned the audience to find it freaky.
11: Yeah.
2: And so when you go in, you have just been sort of predisposed to it. But that being said, it is pretty effective in some ways. There's... There are several sequences that just flat out don't make any sense. Uh, like a lot of these movies, it does involve some not terribly bright people continuing to live in a house oh. long after everybody else would have just said, well, F that, I'm going to go to a Holiday Inn.
11: Yeah, that's what was sort of driving me crazy. And I, the thing about this movie is that it's, it's kind of an example of, you know, what you were talking about, suspense versus horror, right. say. You know, it's like Hitchcock always used to talk about that. You know, with suspense, you sort of know that something bad's going to happen. And, you know, the audience gets involved and sort of waiting and dreading rather than, you know, sort of a single Sam Raimi, you know, Drag Me to Hell kind of thing right. where there's just stuff exploding on screen. Um, drag Me to Hell is quite entertaining, by the way, out on DVD this week. But anyway, um, yeah, the thing with Paranormal Activity is it's all about, you know, you, you're waiting. Right. What is this? You've heard all about it. You've heard it's the scariest movie. You know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And, you know, you walk into the theater in this already tense state,
2: which and I really have to give so those anything guys that does happen. It's like, oh, I give them
11: massive credit
2: for that because it's it really is like the experience starts before the movie even yeah. begins, yeah. Um, you know, uh, where I mean, I knew people who went into the theater and just like standing in line to buy their tickets. I was hearing people like, oh, I'm already so freaked out. I'm a little, I'm a little weirded out. You, you may have to hold me, honey, because <laughs> they had done such a masterful job yeah. with that viral marketing that people were scared before the film even started rolling.
11: You know, actually I think the story of how this this movie has been, you know, got picked up in the first place. I mean how it got made, how it mm-hmm. got picked up and how it's been released is is fascinating. I think the movie's okay.
2: The movie well the movie was uh first shown like two or three years ago.
11: Yeah. I mean yeah. it's
2: kind of been just sitting out there on a shelf and well, I think and, the guy made it for like ten grand.
11: Yeah, this guy made it for about ten grand. He made it in a week, I guess in his house in San Diego. <laughs> He's a guy who's like a video game designer. Um so I give him credit for coming up with this yeah. idea, you know, and using that, you know, sort of stationary camera which is a good way to do something for super cheap. Um, and, you know, I mean, he, he stays within kind of this format that he sets up for himself. But then, the way it sort of reached the audience was interesting, too. Have you, did you hear about the Steven Spielberg angle? No. Well, as the movie was kicking around for various festivals and stuff, it got into the hands of Steven Spielberg, who took a DVD home And uh, watched it and and then decided that this is the story anyway, that the movie was haunted because Mm -hmm. his bedroom door got locked from the inside and he had to call a locksmith. So he took the DVD back to the office in a garbage bag oh, and said, this DVD God. is haunted. I yes, I'm marketing. sure
2: that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> me too. That seems say? completely plausible. Yeah. I believe you.
4: That's yeah. awesome. I hope it's one of his buddies that was like, you know, <laughs> making that
2: movie. <laughs> hey, well, you know, whatever works. This, it, I, here's the thing about Paranormal Activity. It reminded me. Everybody makes the Blair Witch Project comparison. It reminded me in some ways, not in terms of the story, but in terms of just the vibe and how they made it and the, the sort of. I don't know the kind of the kind of gimmick of the film it reminded me a lot of a movie called Open Water they came oh, out a yeah. couple years ago which was the movie about the two people floating in the ocean for 3 days and the sharks are circling I them I thought that was very which suspenseful scared that bejesus Jesus out of yeah, me! Yeah, that's me a lot more than this one. I wanted to go sit in a sunroom somewhere and just be saturated uh, with the pleasing rays of 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 you know uh, of the universe, just to try to <laughs> wash the filth and the ick of that movie out of my brain. It freaked me out so badly. But oh, this yeah. kind of had some of that that low budget raw feel uh, going on. Yeah, so.
11: although with open water, I mean, the idea of being trapped in this you know uh, ocean with sharks swimming around to me is a lot more terrifying uh, than being uh, stuck in the bedroom with these people. I, like, I was got just a in the
2: darkest place for days after seeing. That movie yeah, so, but it's creepy. definitely. Are you going to try to see it this week?
4: Today, yeah, it's a, seeing it this afternoon.
2: It's definitely good. I mean, it's 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 worth watching if only because of the and sort I get of scared more cultural of those experience. movies than you do. Yeah, yeah, and paranormal stuff has to work real hard to freak me out. Yeah, because
11: like ghost, ghost stuff really freaks me out,
2: and that's yeah. See, yeah, and Ghost that
11: stuff doesn't freak me out.
2: That is much. the fundamental difference, I think, between. They're, I think they're not that I can't be freaked out by a movie that has to do with you know Boogeyman or whatever, but it's a lot easier to scare me with a shark or like a knife wielding lunatic than it is with like it's you know we're haunted because I because they just aren't
5: ghosts well, and plus, so you know, I, mean, I just e- don't care
11: yeah and even as they are haunted you know it's creepy but kind of right until the very end it's like well being haunted is really annoying but it didn't seem to be completely interfering with their lives other than, you know, wrecking their sleep.
2: You will have to get past that Amityville horror thing, though, where it's like in the original Amityville horror where they're in the house for like five minutes and this voice goes, Get out! And they go, Well, it's probably nothing. Let's stay. I mean, you know, I don't know. The walls are uh, the walls are Those crying are blood. Should we uh, stay? <laughs> yeah, why not? What could possibly go wrong? Hey, there's fires mysteriously starting everywhere. Let's not move. Yeah,
11: so, I, I did get impatient with yeah. this couple, you know, sort of, oh, we don't know what to there's do. There's probably <laughs> a
2: rational explanation for everything.
11: You know, and she's saying, quit using the camera, and he's saying, but if we use the camera, everything will be better. I got a little annoyed with their their yak. Well, they have to do that Cloverfield thing, too, of, like, they have to keep finding
2: reasons for HUD to carry the camera around for, like, the 15th hour that the battery continues to work (laughs) while this thing is destroying New York. (laughs) But you know what? You suspend your disbelief, you know, you'll have a good time. Um, I did not see Mad Men last night, but you said that you just want to dose all the characters with Prozac.
11: Absolutely. I was watching it, and like I said, I just wish somebody would invent Prozac already on the show so that they could all take it, because everybody seemed depressed. It was... It was very gloomy, and the show seems to be settling into this morose kind of rut. Everybody's kind of, it's a big downer reason. It's a big yeah. dirge. Yeah, I mean, everybody's whining or they're complaining, and last night there was, you know, more annoying Betty drama, or lack thereof, really more Betty whining. And Don's having trouble with his business, and something happens to Sal that is kind of, mm, yeah, you know, right. but I won't tell you. But um, it's it's
2: cruddy. And uh, for those of you who watch uh, Dexter, uh, if you saw last night's Dexter, you know that it's... Uh, I mean, th- here th- th- my two thoughts about Dexter are, Dexter is sort of like Mad Men at this point, where uh, you've got half the characters that are really fascinating and gripping, and you would spend all your time with them, and the other half are just eating up screen time that could be used on things that are more interesting. That, yeah. That, I know it sounds like we're picking on wives here, but that wife of Dexter's on that show has just... Who uh, yes. As Omar used to say, she got to go. She, <laughs> she has got to... Th- something has to be done with that character. I To the point that, like, I was just, like, going down to the basement and doing laundry when she would come on the screen because I, I just I couldn't deal with her. But Lithgow, there he is, and I will not give any further explanation. Last night's Dexter, because John Lithgow is the serial killer. They call him the Trinity killer. The sequence last night... Greg, did you see Dexter? I didn't. I'm watching today. Okay, I won't give anything away. The sequence where Lithgow kills the latest victim. I mean, which you all know he's going to do. That's not a spoiler. The, the, the sequence with Lithgow and the, and the woman he kills is so unbelievably disturbing. It is one of those moments where you sit there and you go, what kind of person comes up with? Who writes this show? Where you just wonder, like, and then you think, and then you go, like, w- why am I watching this? What does it say about me that I am sitting on the couch viewing this. I mean, it just took me into, it took me into just, a, just a dark moment.
11: Now, see, I don't watch Dexter, and I, and what you're talking about is probably why, because something like paranormal activity doesn't scare me, but something about, like, these creepy killers and why they kill, that just freaks me completely out.
2: It did make me wonder last night exactly who wrote that episode and, like, what their damage was, because there's, there was something not right, and there's something mm-hmm. broken in the person that wrote last night's uh, uh, Dexter. What is coming up in the Oregonian, Christy Turnquist?
11: Well, um, I am writing, finally, about this one Wonderful exhibit at the U of O. That's a history of uh, superhero comics, and it's a great exhibit. It's got pieces of original artwork by um, the artists who did like some of the great Marvel stuff. So there's Jack Kirby original panels and Steve Ditko original art, and and it's and it goes all the way up to like Watchmen and kind of that era. And it's uh, it's really fascinating, and it's going to be in our Sunday feature section, I believe, this Sunday.
2: Awesome reader in print in the Oregonian online at Oregon Live. Christy Turnquist. Coming up at the top of the hour, porn legend Ron Jeremy, ladies and gentlemen. Sometime before the uh, end of the show, you're shot at a pair of tickets to see the Deftones and Slipknot. They're here tomorrow night. You stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Don't
0: go anywhere. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101. KUFO. KUFO Portland.
2: It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Coming up here in just a moment, we have living legend and cultural icon Ron Jeremy. Uh, later on uh, this morning, I still haven't revealed uh, the member of the Rick Emerson Show extended family that has swine flu. You either.
4: have not, and we already gave our guesses. You should well, tell us now.
2: dragging everybody. Uh, did uh, Greg issue his guess? He did. He said he thought it was Peter Carlin. All right. So we'll uh, reveal so we that here. have
4: 20 questions? for
2: the end of the show, yes. Yes. Okay. For the end of the show, we will uh, reveal which member of the Rick Emerson Show extended family has been stricken with the uh, Porky Plague. That's uh, all coming up. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines
3: for you on this Monday morning. Today is the big day that a Senate panel will vote on health care reform. It's the best one yet, they say. A wildfire has burned 30 acres of state land north of Washougal. And all you poor people have those sidekick phones? You'll live to regret it. We'll tell you why. Host. All right. right now, if you are caller
2: 10 at 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. You're going to win a copy of a book that is uh, pretty fantastic. And I can say that because I got myself a sneak peek at it. It is The Simpsons, an uncensored, unauthorized history. The first ever behind-the-scenes scoop on one of America's best-loved shows written by John Ortved. Based on interviews with the show's producers, writers, animators, and actors, it's a real inside look at the phenomenon known as The Simpsons. Available now wherever books are sold. The Simpsons, an uncensored, unauthorized history. To call her 10 right now at 503 228 503-228-4101. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO, and we've had this ongoing debate all morning about uh, about Steve Austin and uh, and uh, Jamie Summers because of this business of Steve, uh, of, 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 of what's his name, of um, Lee Majors pitching the bionic ear. Hi, Rick Emerson Show, who's this? Good morning,
7: this is Robert in uh, Beaverton.
2: Hello, sir, how can I help you?
7: Oh, was calling about the uh, curiousness of the bionic man. Yes, sir. Uh, Six million dollar man. He mm. did, in fact, have a leg, an eye, and an arm, and yes, he could jump to extreme heights.
2: Okay, so he had a bionic leg. What about the, the bionic woman?
5: She had pretty much the same thing. All right, awesome. Thank yeah, you,
2: sir. Thank you. Hi, Rick Emerson, show who's this?
7: This is Al. Hey. How you doing today, yo?
2: I'm Dandy. What's up?
7: Word. Hey, I was just listening. I'm pretty sure the bionic man was like a lot more bionic than just the eye and the arm. I mean, he was an astronaut and that stuff like blew up and uh, they rebuilt him. But if I recall, right, didn't he like they show him like jumping up on some like over some big fence or something? Maybe, I, I think there That's was somebody the was,
2: like, maybe somebody jumped into a freeway overpass or something, but I could be wrong about that.
7: Word, but also the Bigfoot, yes. I mean, that thing was totally bionic, and he still beat him, yo.
2: That is true. There was the fabled episode where the $6 million man battled Bigfoot and, uh, and was victorious, so he must have had, you know, certainly more than the eye and the arm. It seems like at least one of his legs had to have been uh, man-made.
7: Completely. I mean, why couldn't they just do, like, the whole body like they did with the Bigfoot? That blew my mind when they showed that by the way, when they showed that he was a robot. Wow. So he was like the 3 billion dollar Sasquatch.
2: You know, the phrase 3 billion dollar Sasquatch is uh is one of the best things we've heard all day. Thank you for uh, weighing in. What's your name, sir?
10: My name is Al. Al, all
2: right. You uh you call us anytime. What? Right. Have a good morning Al. Hey, yo. hey, Al? Yeah, what's up? Hey, hold on a second. You know, because you've been uh, because you've been so dandy, would you uh care for a, a pair of tickets to see uh, paranormal activity? What? <laughs> All right, Go to me. Uh, Al. We're going to uh, give you a pair of passes to see Paranormal Activity, one of the scariest movies of all time. Now playing at Regal Lloyd Center Cinemas, rated R. I'm going to put you on holding. Uh, Greg will get this to you. Thank you, sir. Word. All right, awesome. Hang on. Wow. Hi, ah, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Uh,
10: I heard a call that I need to clear up some of the uh, controversy around the Bionic oh, I,
2: man. I think I picked up line. Okay, I I picked these up in the wrong order. Uh, hello, Christopher Paddock. Uh, so you are, as you always, uh, as you always do, you are going to shed light on this issue for us.
10: Right, and uh, I can't believe that Lee Majors would even consider endorsing a part that he had no business in in the original series.
2: Well, maybe they offered uh, it to Lindsay Wagner first, and she passed, and they sort of, you know, they, they felt they had no choice.
10: Well, Lindsay uh, Wagner's too busy talking about incontinence, I think, uh, <laughs> lately. But uh, if I recall, even Steve Austin had a bionic eye, he had a bionic arm, and he had bionic legs.
2: It was both legs.
10: Yes, because it could, um, he could go to a very high speed. I believe he was clocked at 66 miles per hour. All
2: right, and then do you remember the episode where he battled Bigfoot?
10: Of course I do. Ted Cassidy, uh, also known as Lurch. Uh, played Bigfoot in one of those episodes.
2: And then the final question, of course, is this business of the bionic dog. And I'm not hallucinating that, right? Like, I'm not retro that. Uh, no, you're not. That.
10: that was added, I believe, when the bionic woman moved to NBC, and it was like one of their big, you know, a very special episode uh, type of stabs to get people to watch. Awesome. And uh, they had a bionic dog. And for the life of me, I can't remember uh, the name of it. It's from rather early.
2: All right. I'm going to see if I can, uh, uh, like, rustle up one of these uh, bionic earpieces. Uh, they'll just, like, send us one as a demo unit so we can uh, deduce the extent of its powers.
10: I would love to do that. It's like a comic book thing where you're able to uh, sit there and it's like
2: x-ray specs. Or I get angry and I kick the chair across the room. <laughs>
1: exactly.
2: All right, awesome. Christopher Paddock, thank <laughs> you, you. you, sir.
10: Have a
9: Good morning.
1: This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts.
2: We'd like to glean it from your brain, your tasty, tasty brain.
1: The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's really hard to think today. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
2: It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. In just a moment, we'll have uh, living legend and porn icon Ron Jeremy uh, with us. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on your Monday morning.
3: Well, it looks like the river route has been caught and now will be sent up the river. Not enough is being done to protect lady prisoners in our jails. And a Canadian trucker is fined for smoking in his truck. We have a, a couple of things to get through, little bits
2: of business here before we talk to Ron Jeremy. First of all, tomorrow on the Rick Emerson Show, we're going to be joined by who? Sarah Dillon?
4: By the one, the only, Dan Humphrey from Gossip Girl, a.k.a. Penn Badgley.
2: So tomorrow at 5.40 a.m., Penn Badgley from uh, Gossip Girl, which, by the way, You can tell this is a guest that Sarah's really into because normally, you know, they pitch us a guest or, you know, we have the chance to interview somebody. We'll sort of, you know, we'll sort of bat it around a little bit and, you know, I'll email Sarah and she'll email, you know, me and somebody will email Paddock and he'll email Greg and we'll kind of figure out if it's somebody that, you know, you know, we have enough to talk to or if it's somebody that we're into. This one, the first I heard about it was when Greg told me like, oh, by the way, he's confirmed. He's going to be on Tuesday at 540. It was like there was just no discussion about it, and then I found it's because he's the gossip girl guy.
4: Oh man, he's awesome. Totally makes sense. He's one of, yeah, the biggest characters on the show. And he's dating uh Serena Bender Woodson, who's one of the big characters on the show.
2: <laughs> that was one of those like Woodson Stinson names you finding your way through. Do you say he's in the new stepfather movie too?
4: He's in the new stepfather movie and yeah, he's awesome.
2: Awesome. So tomorrow, Penn Badgley uh, from Gossip Girl. That is at uh, 540, uh, 540. Also, uh, Dax Holt from TMZ. Don Taylor from uh, movies.com. Coming up later on this week, Richard Belzer. We should talk uh, for a minute before we do the uh, Ron Jeremy thing. We should talk for a minute about last night's californication. Greg Nibbler, did
4: you
5: see that? I unfortunately did not see that either. Uh,
4: we we should, all dropped the ball.
2: Can we make a note uh, to yes. have Greg's microphone looked at? There's um, a little bit of a crackling there. Okay, here's the thing the big thing about last night's Californication, if you heard us talking to Mr. Skin last week, was that what's her name? Ava Amori, who is Susan Sarandon's daughter, uh, who I think is now she's like 22, 23. She was going to be taking it all off because she plays a stripper. And she's one of those girls you can tell from the minute they positioned her on the show, like the very first scene where you saw her, you were kind of aware. And you can tell that sometimes in a movie when you have they put something in the frame where somebody is positioned in the shot, if they're going to be a primary character or not. You could tell that there was going to be something uh, significant about her character. And also, they had her in, like, the tightest, most low-cut shirt I had ever seen on anybody ever. All I'm going to say is this. You don't even have to wait. You don't have to get 5, 15, 20 minutes into the show. Literally, the show opens with her uncovered bosoms. I mean, it's like the opening shot. It's, you know, and it was
4: your best night ever.
2: It really was. Uh, it's, you know, because now I can check it off the list of celebrity actresses that I need to see naked. Like, I don't need to, to worry about, you know, it's like, like how tired did we all just get of waiting for Jennifer Love Hewitt to take off her shirt somewhere? And then we've all just moved on. I've, uh, th- there are different pastures to go to. So the, the show actually opens, they do the previously on Californication, and then they wrap it up, and then they cut right to the strip club where she's upside down riding a pole. That is so awesome. It really is. It is. And let me tell you, it is all that you expected it to be. So, uh, Good episode last night. So uh Californication last night. Uh you, Oh, and then I had a listener send me a link to a series of, you know, it's like you can search Google Images. But sometimes you can link directly to a search. In other words, you click the link and it's like it does the searching for you. Listeners sent me a link to a whole gallery. It is just photographs of Ava Amori with her mom, Susan Saranda, like posing together at like... Hollywood events, or on the red carpet, or they've done, like, some modeling shots together. Uh, So there's all of these shots, just Susan Sarandon and her incredibly hot daughter. So I will, uh, I'll be posting some of those uh, later on. Let's see what else. I have one other point to make here. Ah! We will reveal momentarily the member of the Rick Emerson Show extended family who was uh, stricken with the swine flu. I found out about this weekend. Let's just recap our guesses. Sarah, your guess as to the swine flu victim in the Rick Emerson Show extended family is? Don Taylor. Tim Riley? I agree. Greg Nibbler, uh, Siegfried. Okay, Siegfried. So uh, it was a listener who guessed Peter Carlin. What with all of his uh, overflowing hate and so forth. Yes. The uh, answer is Lisa Desjardins.
6: No. <laughs> <laughs> and we all immediately laugh. See, so oh, now I, I mean, don't feel. Do we, do I don't we get feel a consolation
2: ba- prize? This, but see, I, this makes me feel a little bit better because my first response when she told me was to laugh, and then I, and then it's like you tried to suck the laughter back in. So I was on the phone with her this weekend. I was actually talking to her, and, and she sounded awful. And I just said, "Hey, you don't sound so good, sister." And she said, uh, "Oh, it's, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jason and I have a swine flu. <laughs> I can't even get. I can't even say it without laughing." And then I and I sort of laughed and I apologized and I did. And she goes, "No, no, it is kind of funny, but." It's awful. And she wasn't really able to speak all that well because she kept talking. And as she was talking, she would just interrupt herself with these like horrible sort of like chest racking coughs. And I don't know. After about 20 or 25 seconds of speaking with her, I actually said, I said, well, you know what? I'm just going to get off the phone. I I feel bad making you talk. And she goes, no, 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 no. no. You should stay on the phone. We can't leave the house and nobody will come to see us. We've been here by ourselves for four days. You should keep talking. So and this is a long conversation with her because i think they've just been barricaded inside their home. Fortunately they have um, they have sustenance and as she put it they've been watching a season a day of some television show or other. When i spoke with her they just finished all of Dexter season 3 single day. The previous day they finished all of West Wing season 7 single day. Thing before that they watched like all of like the last season of Lost or something single day. So that really is it. Also they just got back from um, from being on vacation they traveled. So she said so, as a consequence, <laughs> I may have infected the U.S. Senate, um, also everybody, um, at the Minneapolis airport <laughs> and then in, um, in Montana as well. So, they, they might have loved swine flu. So, I'm sorry about that. Final note Lisa. about this, but she's such a nerd, which is what makes her great. She said that she actually um, – the first thing they did was to go to the CDC website, the Centers for Disease Control. So they went to CDC.gov, and she and her husband, Jason, actually took the sort of online quiz, the do you have swine flu quiz. And this is the creepiest part. They go through, and they're checking off all the symptoms, and they're answering all the questions, and then you hit, like, submit. This is the sort of unnerving part. It was, a, it was a kind of creepy. It actually – the result didn't say you have swine flu. She said when she clicked submit – The response that came back was just, you appear to be seriously ill. That was it, that's all. Like she had to go to the doctor to find out like the specificity of it. That's all the that's all the website would actually say. So uh, she is barricaded in her home and apparently has been uh, has been quarantined from the rest of humanity. So is, is
3: there a big banner that says swine flu in front of the house? We, we should get, get a, a car Halloween display. Like it, you could get that in a safe Safeway like
2: right next to the mother in law card or something. Like so sorry to hear you've got swine flu. You're following someone with a swine flu. We should create a, like an e card for swine flu. I bet we could make like a billion dollars in the next six months
3: on that thing. Put a little music thing in it. Like your birthday card, it yes. is five zero three.
2: It would just be sort of an oinking, like a three, like a this little piggy had the swine flu. This little piggy said, "I'm calling that idea. That's mine. I am trademarking that right now." All right, you got that? That's a verbal contract. All right, it's 503-228-4101. Uh, 503-228-4- 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show continues uh, next in Mirror moments with our good friend Ron Jeremy. Tim Riley will have news. And sometime before the top of the hour, uh, we will have a pair of tickets for you to see the Deftones and Slipknot. You all know our next guest. He is an actor, endorser, entrepreneur, idol to men, lover of women. He is the American dream incarnate. Welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show, Mr. Ron Jeremy. Hello, sir.
13: Man, I can't beat that introduction for anything. That was very sweet. Entrepreneur, lover of women.
2: (laughs) How'd you say that? Uh, Idol to men, lover of women, uh, actor, entrepreneur, businessman, maven, master, extraordinaire. You are the American dream, sir. You and Gene Simmons. I'm
13: taking this guy on the road. You know, you know. they asked me and Gene Simmons, a very funny story. We both were on The View, a few weeks apart, Barbara Walter's show, and they, me for my documentary and him for, I guess, his new show that was coming on, the reality show, and they asked us the same question. We always give it a similar answer, like, they how many women we both, we both have the same number, always had. You know, John Holmes and Will Chamberlain said 20,000 women, and then they both regretted saying it because that's ridiculous. Right. Do the math. You start having sex when you're five. Now, me and Gene Simmons both said about 4,000. You know, I did a few thousand in the movies. So and that was more believable and it's about right. But I said, Well he's Gene Simmons. He gets girls that look like his gorgeous playboy playmate, Shannon Tweed. When I'm not making movies, I get girls that look like Gene Simmons. You know, <laughs> so, so.
2: <laughs> you guys are you see so you're sort of like the um, you're like the Doctor J in the magic of the uh you know, of the uh, of the sex world. You just kind of neck and neck constantly, just going back and forth. <laughs> Let's uh, this is a good time actually to welcome a good friend of the Rick Emerson show, Adam Thompson, who is the uh, second assistant director. kufos Adam Thompson, who is part of uh I'm like am my son, am,
13: I, am I earning my pay or what? It was huh? Butter Smooth. That was good, Ron. Butter smooth. Speaking of legs, has nothing okay, okay. First off though, did you say, Ron, that you were in Playgirl in nineteen seventy eight? that October seventy eight, John Ritter was on the cover. I was a guy next door. John Ritter was not naked. But uh, John Ritter was on the cover, oh. and I was the guy, one of the guy next doors, and they brought me back to being plagued about three, four more times. Oh. And it's funny, because actually, it's a great story, which is my documentary and my autobiography, which was a New York Times bestseller, by the way. You still get it in stores, Barnes & Noble, Borders. Anyway, so uh, the, uh, I mentioned that, that I used my real name at that time, not knowing any better. And people looked up my name in Queens and got me. So my poor grandmother was getting phone calls night and day from all these gay guys. And she had to move out of the house for a month that I'd share that with you. You said suitors lined up underneath at the window. No, Bring guy, us, Ron. Guys are just calling on the phone. They looked, at, looked me up in the phone book. And then my dad said to me, Listen, I don't mind this cockamamie career. You want to get yourself into it, but if you ever use the family name again, I'll kill you. you know? Well, that's, you know, and we'll talk about, uh, before we get into I Am Virgin,
2: you actually touched on something that's pretty interesting there. I am fascinated by that whole period. Um, Pre digital, when guys could go and they would, you know, or women would go and do, do these loops, these eight millimeter loops right. for a few bucks because they didn't have the money. Those, yeah. They do them, they show them, and really nobody ever sees them, and then they decay over the years or they vanish. And, you know, you People could be a secret porn
13: star at a, at a time. There was a time where you could be a porn star, nobody would ever know. But, but well, the, the back then it was like John Holmes, Jimmy Gillis, Harry Reams They were doing movies too. In the late 70s, it came out of the closet, and they were showing actually full length features at theaters. And they all closed down 10 years later when the mark went video. You'd see porn in your own home where you actually want to go. People always wanted to see porn. They just didn't want to go into those theaters, afraid the seats would be sticky, you know? And the thing is, uh, those loops were seen by what they call the raincoat crowd. They'd be playing in theaters, or maybe you had a little film projector. You could do it yourself in your own home. But they were, they were called loops. And they had just a sex scene. I did some of those in the beginning of my, back in 1978. And it was a, uh, it was fun. I was actually going to ask, you know, how is it different
2: getting into the business now than it was getting into the business then? It seems like it was...
13: Now just do your own. It's easier Shoot to get in a now, but cheap it's camera. harder to get a are shooting us right now. You get that camera, even a lesser quality. Is that, is that uh, high high definition? Yeah, this is a fine machine. You could do... Uh, well, pornography which, which so we have some works. lovely girls here we can just go right there in the corner of that rug you try to get a rous- started play a rousing game of hide the bacon shoot it on that camera put it on the internet we all make some bucks not very much you know and and then compete with a major studio that has bigger stuff you know yeah, so it's, just, it's just a, it's it's just that simple Now it's like imagine you know anyone having a a, a 35 airflex bl3 or a panavision camera you know, for next to nothing and shooting full-length features and competing with Spielberg. I mean, anybody can make a movie nowadays. It's porn. Pretty soon, it'll be mainstream. Same thing. Someone may even have the ability to take a camera and shoot, like, another version of I Am Virgin, you know? Does that... It, with so much it's of a Great the, title, I Am Virgin, like, by the way. Great. It'll be out in maybe a couple of months, but don't forget that title, I Am Virgin. Where were we? With so
2: much, like, amateur and internet porn, as you say, it's, you know, it's easy to make a porn film, hard to be a star, probably, at this point.
13: Does that yes, mean... Yes, very well said. That's the, exactly right.
2: Those guys, you know, like the, the as, as they depicted in Boogie Nights, the Jack Horner type of guys, those guys who wanted to make the big feature film with the story and the plot, do you think that that whole time they were just sort of deluding themselves about what people wanted or did what people want change?
13: It's a combination. It's uh, People like, like in regular movies, people like the A-films, you know, the A-list films, like maybe a big budget Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt film, but then people just like The Independence, the Sundance Channel films, the ones you see at the art house theaters. People like both in fact, one costs a lot less doesn't have to pull in the big bucks to make it back. You spend, you know, 80 million bucks, 100 million dollars, you better make your money back. Right. You spend like uh, half a million. L- look at some of the best films that won Academy Awards like from S- Sling Blade or films that cost very little that got all those awards because they were creative, well done, well shot. Sometimes the smallest films make the Academy Awards. So it's just like the same thing in porn. Some people like the bigger budget Pirates films. And they really like seeing a storyline and a plot and a tease so you, you don't just get right to the sex. You see a little foreplay, a little tease, a little storyline so you get into the film. Then you see the sex. Others go, come on, honey, look. Look at these, they're trying to act. Look, they're acting like pirates. Look at, ahoy, maybe. Come on. Give me the fast forward button. Okay, they're having sex. Oh, look, there's flesh. So, they, you know, they skip the dialogue. Hi, who wants the pizza? I don't want to see the pizza. Okay, they're in bed. You know what I'm saying? So, therefore, yeah. so it's all kinds of tastes. What may, what, how porn is different now, more than anything than before, is now it caters to specific tastes. Uh, our guest has been an actor, endorser, entrepreneur,
2: idol to men, lover of women. He is the American dream incarnate. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ron Jeremy. Adam Thompson, also from KUFO, has been here. You can see I Am Virgin,
5: the film, uh, with Ron Jeremy and the beautiful people and city of Portland, Oregon. February 23rd, it'll be out on DVD, and uh, it'll be out there on Cinemax and perhaps a Spike Network. You can view trailers for the film right now at www.iamvirginthemovie.com. And if you want to buy uh, the film I Am Virgin or uh, a multitude of other famously terribly cheesy movies, go to www.cheesyflicks.com. That's C-H-E-E-Z-Y
13: flicks.com. Flicks, F-L-I-X-O-C-K-S.
5: F-L-I-C-H-E-E-Z-Y-F-L-I-C-K-S.com. Check out the website. And uh, yeah, February twenty third, the film comes out with Ron Jeremy and the City of Portland showcased beautifully.
2: Awesome, Ron Jeremy, Adam, thank you so much. Thank you, Rick. Nice guys. All right, so uh, there you go. That was our uh, interview with Ron Jeremy, which uh, we actually taped last Friday after the show. Did he? Uh, how do I put this? I have to rephrase this. Uh, but did he sing you a special birthday song? It still sounds dirty, no matter yes. what I. How no, I was outside.
4: It. I was getting ready to um, leave on my scooter, and he actually played me "Happy Birthday" on my harmon- On his harmonica.
2: I would give. It- on my <laughs>
4: is, you know what? Let's just break.
2: Wow. Well is, done. Stop
4: it. That I tried I so
2: hard to be clean and then you just took us right there anyway. Well done, Sarah Dillon. I hate you. Well, on that note, if you're caller 10 right now at 503 228. Four You're going to get yourself a, a pair of tickets, the uh, Slipknot and the Deftones. As your last chance, win a pair of tickets to see them in concert at Memorial Coliseum Tuesday night. Tomorrow night, uh, if you're a caller, 10 at 503-228-4101. And much more of that interview with Ron Jeremy uh, will be up at KUFO.com, both in podcast and video form later on today. That's at KUFO.com. We're back after this with Tim Riley. Stay right there.
0: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO the rick emerson show returns this is rock 101 kufo
2: it's the rick emerson show on rock 101 kufo join us tomorrow and our guests will include Pen badgley from gossip girl are you all at twitter with excitement i
4: am really 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 excited awesome
2: Uh, Dax Holt from TMZ, Don Taylor from Movies.com. Coming up later in the week, Richard Belzer. Belzer, Belzer. It's 503-228-4101-503. 228-4101. Before we do anything else, uh, do not forget that coming up Friday at 9 a.m., the KUFO Half Off Sale updates featuring items such as a family admission pass to the Portland Children's Museum, at the Portland Children's Museum, your kids use their imagination while having fun in a safe, friendly environment. The Playopolis exhibit is on through the end of the month, followed by the adventures of
5: Clifford the Big Red
2: Dog. On Friday, you'll be able to go online, purchase your half-off certificate uh, to the Portland Children's Museum.
4: Love I love Clifford.
2: I I always confuse Clifford with Marmaduke. I can never really tell them apart.
4: they're huge and red.
2: Is a Marmaduke using red? What is, what is, Flippert is, is childish. Marmaduke is for adults. <laughs> Marmaduke is a more refined canine. In any event, uh, this Friday at 9 a.m., you'll be able to get uh, a family admission pass to the Portland Children's Museum for half off. Uh, basically, one gets you two, five gets you ten, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. You can find out more about that at KUFO. Dot com, or if you are a caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you'll be able to win one of those before. You can buy it. You can buy them this Friday at 9 a.m., but you can win one if you are a caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101. At the news desk, let's pay a final visit with your personal savior,
3: Tim Riley. Live
0: from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
3: Good morning, it is 849. It's going to be cloudy today. High temperatures near 60. Rain for the coast as another storm system moves in. The Taz people of Cornelia are shocked at their first homicide in years. Two suspects have been arrested after a dead body was found in the park over the weekend. Neighbors are now arming themselves out of fear. Not everybody's getting a gun, though. One has a flash it, another a pitchfork. The river rat is going up the river. The FBI says the guy responsible for as many as 18 armed robberies has been arrested near Puyallup. 32-year-old Alexi Perez Hernandez, officially known, officially known as the River Rat, has been arrested without incident. Although he lived in Bonny Lake, Washington, he favored knocking off banks in Northeast Portland and the Cove. Well, the powerful chief of the Marshall Islands is now suing because the U.S. keeps renewing this contract that gives us permission to use their islands as target practice. Uh, the Marshall Islands are usually used as a testing ground for U.S. Uh, anti-ballistic missile systems. They fire missiles out of uh, California, and they land in the Marshall Islands. Where are the Marshall Islands at? They're little specks of the Pacific Ocean.
2: Is this that group of islands where they wanted to go hunting whales a couple
3: years ago? It may have been, right. but we use them for target practice, and people who live there are really sick and tired of it.
2: <laughs> you mean people who live on islands are tired of the United States government using their islands to
3: test weapons? We sign. We keep signing uh, friendly treaties with them <laughs> T- to use them as Swiss cheeses. Hey, would
2: you? Uh, would you like a sandwich? Uh, what are you going to do in exchange? We're going to blow up your homes and everything on the island. We're cooking some hot dogs for you people, and we'll put you out in the boat so you can watch your island, man. I saw the best documentary this weekend. I going to bring this in for you. Uh, it's called The House in the Middle. And our good friend Michael and Seaside sent it to me. And uh, it was it, part of a DVD of just this propaganda films from the atomic age, sort of, you know, peaceful atom type things. And another one is, you know, like how to survive nuclear fallout. Apparently the answer is to hang, um, is to hang a, a, an extra set of drapes over your windows. But there was this whole documentary called, uh, documentary. This is this, this sort of, public safety film called The House in the Middle, which is all about how you got to keep your house clean and tidy and free of trash. And when you're done with a newspaper, you throw it outside in a garbage can. You don't leave it on your end table or near your bed, because when the atomic holocaust comes, your house that is filled with clutter, that will burn to the ground while the clean. And it's always like these two sort of uh, dark colored houses on either end that are, you know, that they catch fire and they're destroyed by the nuclear weapon. While I believe the phrase is. The nice, clean White House in the middle remains standing. So they do note at the end of the film, as the narrator puts it, quote, we need more of these nice White Houses in our neighborhoods. It is just like the creepiest, greatest thing. I'll bring it in for you tomorrow.
3: All you folks who own those sidekick phones made by Microsoft, sold by T-Mobile, you've lost all your personal data. (laughs) And it's gone forever. Don't even beg to have it returned. Yeah, there's oh,
4: that sucks. nothing you
3: can do. And by the way, the best part about this is, is that a lot of the data
2: in those sidekick phones was managed by Microsoft through a side company, and the name of the company was just called Danger. So there you go. So if you had any information on there, yeah, it's gone forever. You can never get
3: that back. Well, blame the Phillips family for this little outbreak on the Internet. A 39-year-old Lancaster County, Pennsylvania man is charged with propositioning his own teenage daughter uh. on Facebook. The man who was not identified had no contact uh, contact with his daughter for a period of some 10 years, calling himself Big Daddy. He allegedly proposed meeting her for sex and said, not many fathers and daughters are this brave. The girl who was 13 alerted her mother and the mother contacted police. If convicted, the man could receive 30 years in prison. Your father is supposed to protect you, not you.
2: All right, then. On that note, it's 503 We'll bring the curtain down this whole sordid affair. It's 503 228 <laughs> Be sure to join us tomorrow when our guests will include TMZ's Dax Holt, Don Taylor from Movies.com, and from Gossip Girl, Penn Badgley. Yay. Did you say he's uh, much he's, younger than you thought? He is
6: a
4: lot younger than I thought. I, think I bet I he's it. still
2: older than the jailbait werewolf that you're all over.
4: Oh, yeah, he is, but um, not by much.
2: How old is the, uh, the werewolf guy the werewolf from is, New Moon? Uh, is he still 17?
4: I think he had a birthday. Yeah. I think.
2: He Are you just trying to convince yourself yes. of that? Is that the little lie yes, so you Penn, tell yourself? Ben
4: Badgley is at uh, twenty two. Okay.
2: What <laughs> is? Well, never mind. We'll talk about this okay. tomorrow. Hold on. <laughs> make a little note to myself. All right. Awesome. Uh, we want to thank Doctor Sanjay Gupta for joining us today. Also, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian and uh, porn legend Ron Jeremy, uh, as well as a Sina Radio correspondent, James Roop. Rick Comerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Still Stillin for Rock 101, KU a phone, the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phone's Greg Nibbler, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, Alpha Broadcasting Marketing Guru, Susan Donut with me, Reynolds, Executive Producer Christopher J. Paddock. Uh, Buzz is coming up next with Smells Like the 90s and this afternoon 3 to 7, Court and Fatboy. You want to be listening for that. We will see you again tomorrow at 5 a.m. As always, we thank you for listening. It is Monday, October 12th, 2009, and that is The Frequency, Kenneth. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. See you all tomorrow. Bye now.
9: was like stop stop you're spraying the babies you're spraying the
1: babies
0: they didn't even care kufo portland
1: attention broadcasters in the greater portland area your daily show prep is now concluded thank you for listening